it's not history. Uh, I don't know. It is. Uh, it's just, We're not uh, dead. I just fucking remembered. Uh, <laughs> so this is the first time in a while, obviously. Uh, not by wanting, but uh, you know what? Summer's a busy time for this, these people. Uh, us, Who are you calling spe- these people? Us, more specifically. Uh, us? Yeah. Me? Us, me, you, yeah, we. True. My name's Lucas. Uh, I'm here with, uh, as always, I'm here with Jake, um, our special friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> special in many ways. Um, Legally, I shouldn't be allowed so to drive. We've been teasing this series for a long fucking time, um, and we finally, we're doing it. Um, I'm just going to let you know right now, there's probably going to be some pauses during this series to do a couple other mini-episodes in the middle, because we don't want to... We don't want to leave you guys for a while, but the research here is pretty intensive, as I'm sure Jake could, uh, could specify. Isn't that right, Jake? Yeah, it, it tends to be. If we want to give you something that is worthwhile, and our, you know, as the listeners deserve at least a halfway decent history so, podcast, well, to be honest, we should give you the best we can. This is probably going to be the next couple months into the fall for us to get this series complete. I'd say about, until about maybe October. Yeah, we get so some spooky shit what we're doing is we are doing the space race, um, and we are starting... From the end of World War II, all the way to us getting on the moon, and we're going to cover all sides of it, too. We're going to yeah. talk some Russian stuff. We're going to talk, American course, stuff. American. We're going to talk the dogs. The Nazis are involved. We're going to talk about canines in space. But we're starting. We're starting with Operation Motherfucking Paperclip. And honestly, this is something that I, I think that a lot of people know about, like, just in general. You've heard a lot of jokes about it. You've heard people saying, oh, we just stole Nazi scientists. But do you know how we stole those Nazi scientists? I don't think you do. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we're going to do our best to give that to you in the next couple hours. But before we do, a uh, quick reminder, you can find us on Instagram, on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we very much appreciate uh, all those likes and subscriptions. Um, you can go out there and follow us um, and you know communicate with us. If you want to send us an email directly, you can do that at hackedhistory101 at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate all your ratings and all the reviews out there. Um, and we know that they're not always positive, but anything we get out there, um, even the negative ones, helps us. And, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate it. So without further ado, Jake, take it away. That's right. So you're thinking to yourself, Lucas, I got all these papers. What do I oh, need wait, 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 to wait, wait, organize wait. these papers? Let me get into this mindset. I got all these papers. <laughs> what do I What do I do to organize all these papers? I'll tell you what you need, my friend. <laughs> you need a paper clip. Oh, my God. What is a paper I clip? I want to fucking kill myself <laughs> with that joke. Anyway. <laughs> You're thinking to yourself. I'll explain. Oh, I got all these Nazi sites. <laughs> I got all these Nazi documents. <laughs> what do I do? Incriminating evidence. <laughs> what do I do with all this incriminating evidence? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what we do with it. Paper clip. That's a t-shirt. It's going to be a bad t-shirt, but it's going to be a t-shirt. Anyway, so we're going to explain it real quick. Operation Paperclip is basically, in a nutshell, an American, mostly American, somewhat joint operation that the Allies, or the Americans specifically, but some Allies, after the uh, end of the Second World War, took to basically secure Nazi scientists, not only in rocketry and weapons manufacturing and in jet propulsion, but in a bunch of different fields. We did this specifically because we did not want our old nemesis, the Soviets, to be getting that information. Because at this point in time, by 1945, well, okay, even as... At this point, they're not, our, they're not our old nemesis at this point. They're just our straight nemesis. Uh, well, eh, I wouldn't say till 47, but... Oh, we're getting there. By getting 45 there. at this point in time, as Lucas interrupted me and tried to allude to, we were starting to feel not so excited about the communists because the communists were really 
upending their side of the bargain the on how Europe was like, supposed to look. The communists were just like, oh my god, we can deal with this, and then when we go to the bargaining table, they're just like, we want all this, and we're just like, bitch, you just said you wanted that, why do you want this? <laughs> you took all of the non-specifics of a middle school student <laughs> and just threw it into that joke. Alright, fantastic. That's it, that's it. Yep, yep. Alright. So for us to fully understand how Operation Paperclip works here, because we're starting from Earth and we're going to fucking space, which is a big jump <laughs> for mankind at this point, literally, we do have to start at the beginning, which is in Germany in 1945. So by the dawn of 45... Germany, 1945. Yes. By the dawn of 45, the situation in Hitler's Germany was at a severe disadvantage. So if you are a World War II history buff... Here's your moment to fucking just um, drop well, actually, and jack one out. Um, um, well, well, actually. Say it one more time. I'm going to fucking stab you in the eye. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> anyway. So we have so the, at this point, Hitler's thinking about killing himself pretty hard. Uh, well, he's still to this point, I think, not quite there. He's on a lot of math. We're, we're, That's yeah, we're thinking January of 45. The war doesn't end in Europe until about May. He's really getting into his math habit here. Yeah, he has basically um, gone underground in Berlin at this point in time. If not, he's going to be. But understanding this position, obviously, there's a few steps. So there are failures that lead up to this. The Soviets are with their big honking socialistness. Just oh, knocking yeah, on the door. <laughs> um, but we have the failure of Operation Barbarossa, which is the Russian Barbarossa, invasion yeah. of the USSR in 41. You never invade Russia during the winter. You exactly. Don't do it. And okay. never something, 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 uh, Princess Bride reference. Um, we again had another failure. The Germans failed to reach the Caucasus, so they failed to get oil. That was from June 42 to February of 43, which means that they kept losing more and more ground in the east. And then on top of that, resulted in a lack of, or Germany's lack of natural resources on an unprepared military-industrial complex. So at this point in time, those three things that I just said, what were those, Lucas? The uh, lack of the industrial complex, the lack of the oil, and I forgot the other one. But... And just military failure in yeah. general, right? Basically ended up with Germany in like the shittiest position I could ever see a nation in, where you've got a lot of pissed off Russians, and I do mean quite a lot, and then you've got the Americans who are there, the British who are pissed, the French who are pissed, the Dutch who are pissed, the Polish who are pissed. You are fucking screwed. This is like a bar fight where you're surrounded on all sides. Well, Germany, under the guise of a fascist dictator whose mad power-hungriness decides, up oh, no. If we go down, I'm taking you fuckers with me. Don't forget, also that failed painter to that Yeah, and also failed painter and one-nut entrepreneur, Adolf Hitler. Possibly Jewish. Probably not. That's disputed. It's disputed. (laughs) But basically, Hitler and the rest of his inner circle basically said, fuck me, man, we gotta get something to turn this war around, bro, because this is gonna get bad real fast. This is gonna be an unchill time for us in about a minute. (laughs) I was imagining Hitler just saying, bro, bro, listen... Oh, shit's not going well, but we're going to think of some shit, man. It's just... I just imagine them sitting in, like, Hitler's studio apartment somewhere and being like, listen, Goebbels, it's just not a cool time, okay? Shit, so just... here's shit. what we're going to do. Shit, we're going just... to build a drill that turns all of the Jewish people into skeletons. Shit is just not popping off. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, not really, no. So in order to get some kind of return back to what they assumed back was going to be victory. Back to life. Yeah. Back 
to reality. You heard it here, people. Lucas Lucas Jagodinsky wants Hitler's Germany to be back. I to do life. not. No, I do anyway. not. No, 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 no. So, in order to gain that superiority, because remember, the Allies have superiority in numbers, the Nazis began looking at various ways to start tweaking the board, basically. They wanted to both level the playing field for numbers via weaponry, or sort of higher-end weaponry, and they wanted to basically gain an advantage in order to turn the tide of the war. So it wasn't most... Okay, so just to make this clear here, yeah. it wasn't necessarily about producing more weapons, it's about producing weapons that could really fuck somebody over. In a way, it was a little bit of both. Because you get things like the V2 rocket, right? Yeah. And then We, we yeah. get to that, yeah. Yep. So basically what the Nazis wanted was scientists. Now, if we remember how the Nazis dealt with scientists during the war, a lot of it was basically shutting down scientific organizations because most cases scientists are smart and the fascists are fucking stupid and the fascists said oh you have indicative or you have evidence that indicate against our specific way of thinking we're just going to get rid of you right right correct yeah solid plan i mean but not, not not really but not really no here's the problem those scientists and technicians are the people you want on your side when shit turns bad and that's basically what happened I just imagine. Okay, so this is completely off topic. Yeah. But I just imagined uh, <laughs> it's like the South Park episode where they try to go back to Al Gore and help him solve global warming. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, say you're sorry. <laughs> oh, we're sorry. Oh, we're sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's basically. The man bear pig is real. Basically, just I, I just imagine that, but in a historical context, they're just dragging this. Like, emaciated ex-scientists just, out of, like, Dachau. And just, and just being like, we're sorry. And just Hitler He's being just like, covered and in Hitler just being like, we'll give you this lovely Third Reich sticker. <laughs> He'll give you a sticker and a fucking Panera Bread gift card. That is what he will do. All give. better, right? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but there forget, was no hey, Panera listen, gift listen, card. Listen, Heinrich, forget about the family that died, okay? The family that listen, we made you execute. We gave you a sticker, so how's about you come up with some cool shit for us? Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, in order to do this, they needed scientists. So, they needed to muster some kind of knowledgeable defense against sheer manpower in but the industrial to be capacity. fair, before we go forward, there are scientists that were in the Nazi party that did not go to concentration camps no, and they things didn't. like that. Yeah. There were scientists that just bought yeah. in right away. Well, Those and here's exist. the thing. There were some that bought in. So, again, like most history that we talk about, it's not all specifically one or the other. In this and situation, th that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. The, in this situation, though, what we find is that the, a lot of the scientists had basically been turned over to military work. So on frontline combat duty was basically where these guys had gone. So you're saying like, people like Gabbles, who were basically in it the whole time in this shit, he's, he was like a rarity. Because he never really did military he work. He wasn't really a scientist, though. He was more well, of like a politician, but think of it like oh, people I'm sorry. who work in the medical field. I mean, Mengele. Mengele. Mengele is a good example. Mengele was actually in combat duty in the Eastern Front before what, going really? in. really? Yeah, he was. He was? I didn't yeah, even know he that. Was. Okay, he, was, okay. he was a combat medic before yeah, he ended up I didn't up mean to say Gabbles. I meant Mengele. Yeah, but My brain lapsed. Yes. Anyway, to get off of this paragraph. Both of them are crazy fuckers. Let's just put it that way. But in order to muster defense against both the sheer manpower and the industrial capacity might of the USSR as well as the Western Allies, there needed to be scientific minds that could be employed to start research and work on a series of Third Reich saving weapons projects. What's kind of fucked up with the, the USSR, too, that a lot of people don't realize, 
it wasn't necessarily even about like the amount of guns they had. She spawned on sheer people that they threw oh, yeah. at the problem. It was a wave. Like they of had humanity. like what ten million soldiers to like beat back the Nazis. <laughs> As I remember, the statement is like. There are two men, man with gun, man with ammo. Man with gun dies, man with ammo picks, <laughs> picks up, up the gun, gun and continues yeah, to fight. Exactly. And it's like that in real life. Because, I mean, obviously when you have 10 million people just in one country, yeah. you could probably be a little... You know, like we said, what was it, the the loss ratio of children back in the 1830s? Oh, yeah, that's how they, that's how they viewed the soldiers. 55% ain't bad. <laughs> they were like, oh, 50 soldiers died, but we have 5 million more. <laughs> that's not bad. Send more of them! <laughs> also, just, just as a little bit of a teaser for you, down the road at some point, we are doing a Rasputin series. We did decide that, so yes. that'll be coming on the can potentially after this. And you know, yeah, we'll go ahead and say it. We'll, we're doing that one after. That'll be our next big series after, after, yeah, yeah. after the space races. We'll do some Rasputin. Oh, we a, can talk about like just, like Russian talk Revolution. About his, we can roll that. Talk about there. his massive hog, <laughs> allegedly. Um, well, you know, a lot of people liked it, but anyway. So, <laughs> in order to make these certain assets or make sure that these certain scientists were loyal capable and fucking alive because again most of these guys are on the, the front the nazis turned to head scientist werner osenberg osenberg who for who was from and this is gonna be a word the Verfolgungsgemeinschaft. Gemeinschaft, ooh. Yeah, which basically means defense research community. Okay, listen, I fucking love German words. I don't ah, know why. They're a piece of shit. It's so fun. Well, because they stack them all together. So, like, you have, you're, you know, in English, we, like, separate our adjectives. Um, but they just make them one long word. So oh, instead yeah. of, like, very large brown dog, you know, that's different words. In English, in German, all four of those things would just be one long ass Very large brown dog. The nice thing about that, though, is in German, when you're learning it, and yeah. I'm sorry, this is kind of a tangent. I, this is just my German knowledge coming in. <laughs> but, like, you, 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 you want to talk you, about something? Is that what no, you were burning saying, when you came in no. here? Is that what those documents were? No, 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 no. Those were just, uh, those were my failed uh, businesses. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All of them came in Ireland's bank account. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> FBI? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, but, like, when you're learning German, all of those things, it makes it easy to learn those, to learn German, because they just stack words on top, adjectives on top of words. Yeah. So it looks intimidating, but it's not if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you um, just know the flow. It kind of, it sets itself yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Ba- so what the Verfassungsgemeinschaft basically yeah, did say it again. was, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you are visibly erect. That is upsetting. <laughs> um, no, basically what they did was they're kind of like our think tank's of military people that we have here in the U.S. Right. So so it's kind of like the Joint Chiefs of Staff sort of thing? Yeah, not quite. Joint Chiefs of Staff is more military leadership, but let's say something like, oh, like the Rand Corporation. Oh, so those fuckwits. Yeah, those people. Those guys, basically, what they do is they only do research, but they do research based on specific things. So what Osenberg basically did was he went through the list of names of what were currently living scientists, because they, again, the Nazis who love have their we, fucking lists. Who have we pissed off the least in this list? Well, and frankly, though, if you're going to do that and three SS guys show up and say, we want you to come with us, I Listen. mean, most of these guys are not going to say, eat my ass, bro. Like, that's it's not going to happen. Like, you're not my real dad. It's, it's like, not going to happen. <laughs> just, just say it like that, it just reminds me of the key and peel with the, the Nazis. <laughs> jiggle dee jiggle dee. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, that's right, I forgot about oh my that. God. <laughs> anyway, so what Osenberg... Oh wait, just as a side oh, okay. note for that, one of, the dads from, uh, one of the dads from Modern Family plays a Nazi in that skit. That's, uh... Oh, I know. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But anyway. So anyway, what happened here was that these people needed to be number one alive, 
because obviously you can't. Do, I'd imagine just throwing a corpse of some dude, just putting a skeleton in a fucking scientist See, desk, and being like, "Go." That's <laughs> some. That's some shit that the bureaucracy of the Soviets would do. Oh yeah, they'd be like, "We'll throw, we'll throw." Uh, <laughs> we'll start taking names from dead people we've killed since the fifties, start <laughs> yep. rolling them in. But um, bring the, in the grave. Yeah, I want to speak to it. <laughs> so pretty much, just bring it a box. It. So anyway, what happened was that they needed to also politically clear these specific scientists, right? If you have somebody who's working on a fucking laser weapon, you don't want a guy who's also going to be laser. reporting yeah, to the allies on that, or if he's some sort of convicted communist. Now, right. again, like I said, not all scientists went to concentration camps. Hashtag, some did. Listen, listen, hashtag not all scientists. I think Very nice. We, but a lot of a lot of a lot of the You're just fucking not came, for I'm that joke. I'm moving past huh? it, Matt. I'm moving past it. A lot of the scientists, though, most cases, had basically been taken from their offices because uh, in the early days the Nazis devalued specific types of scientific research. In fact, specifically, and what really, sh- I mean, I hate to say well, this, what really <laughs> shot Hitler in the ass was the fact that the majority of the high-ranking scientists that might have helped him win the war were Jewish. Well, and let's just be real here. Okay. The, the enemy of fascism is education. Yeah, of course and, it and is. That, and that's just plain and simple. So what do you do? You take away the opportunities for education, and that's... And you just replace right. the people with the people you know can tell the party line. Exactly. Yep. yep. So... In this specific, though, all these names that they brought together would become what was known as the Ozenberg List. So as the war progressed... Another fucking Nazi list, let's go! Yeah, and now the Ozenberg List, I should state as a detail, started around 1943. It wasn't in 45. But by the time that 45 had rolled around, they had a list going. So as the war progressed, the Germans began to realize how bad things were becoming, and by 45, those in... <laughs> The Verfolgsungsgemeinschaft. <laughs> I, I titled it WG on my notes because I didn't want to write I it again. I love that you just say it again. That's beautiful. Had, had begun to basically scatter like roaches. Because at this point in time, remember, the V2 project, by 45, you've lost France. You've lost most of your conquered territories. The Russians are fucking knocking on Berlin's doorstep. The Allies have crossed the Rhine in most places in the West. Most of the scientists read the writing on the wall, as well as a lot of military people, and said, fuck it, let's go, let's go to the other direction. We should say, though, that the V-2 rocket was very fucking effective, and if they had gotten that earlier... In an early ballistic missile sort of way, yes. If they had gotten that earlier, things would not be good, because that rocket was really effective at doing what the things it was trying to do in that time period. And to explain for future reference, because it comes up a lot in this episode, the V-2 rocket was basically the world's first semi-intercontinental ballistic missile. Yeah, and it, really good, it was really good at taking over people's planes and shit like that. Like, if you ever watch, like, a, um... I don't know, like, uh... You know, like, a, one of those World War II dogfighting movies, and you see, yeah. like, the scary German planes with, like, the... Like, the like the rocket that'll chase the planes down? Oh, see, that one's a different one. Is that I'll, different? I'll explain that. Yes, okay. it's a different one. But right. the V-2 is basically... Is that the, is that the bomb one? Or is that no, the... no, 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 no. Okay, so, uh, see, you could tell I know yeah, nothing we'll about this. We'll explain. We'll explain. So go on. Yeah. Okay. So basically, as we said, it rocketry, jet propulsion, jet fighters. Well, that's the main takeaway here. Yeah, is the jet the propulsion. Yeah. Was these two things because again, this is a huge jump forward from prop aircraft. But we'll get to that. So and, and not to lose, and just to make sure that because we've taken a little side tangents here, just make sure everyone knows where we're at. We're just explaining at this point. Why Germany is getting fucked and what they're doing to try to oh, yeah. create no, these new scientific environments. Right and don't worry, we're bringing the U.S. just soon enough. Just uh, sit back and yeah. strap in. Yeah, so speaking of the U.S., the fact was this. By the end of the war, there were a lot of people, especially in the Germans' end of things, that were basically heading west 
to surrender to the Western allies well, they, because they point, sure as hell didn't yeah, want to go to the Soviets. They Soviet. realized, hey, this shit is over pretty much. Like, let's go make, get a seat somewhere where we might be a little bit more comfortable. Let's go to California. <laughs> I'll give you names. I'll give you all of them. They kind of did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they did, yeah. No, here's what's funny about this. Those that weren't in this, they either tried to hide, but most mm-hmm. of them got found out anyway. But by March of 45, again, two months before the end of the war, there was a Polish lab tech working at Bonn University. Yeah. And he recovered a segment of Ozenberg's list. So this is how the Americans get involved. From a, They tried to destroy it by shoving it in a toilet, and it failed. It backed <laughs> up, and they found all the documents. Wait, so you're telling me the Nazis, like, to destroy this list of all the scientists' names, they tried to, like, basically just flush it like a turd. But yeah, it just didn't work. Tried, it's just a, some dude, some cross-eyed SS guy, like, okay, okay, all right. Okay, it's just shoving papers, shoving papers, just shove flush. It in, shove oh, it God, in. it's coming back! Shove it in! Heinrich! 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 Oh, God! There's a tank outside! Fuck! But, yeah, no, start, they, start fucking whistling some fucking, like, uh... <laughs> Some like rough flight He's of the just Val- ripping some patches fucking off of himself and fucking, taking medals off. The fucking flight of the Valkyries. Yo God. <laughs> it's just like the most German thing. We live in a world, by the way, where the Germans have never left like the nineteen forties serial movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Donald Duck fantasy. But yeah, no, this stuff ended up being transferred to MI six <laughs> and later on to the US intelligence sector. Which they looked at this and went, that could be fucking useful. It's like, oh, these are names of scientists. Well, we could prosecute them, or we There's could... There's no uh, way... Oh, oh, it went missing! Oh! Just, maybe, like, threw it over his chair. Maybe, maybe we could get better I, at I can see and you. science and, uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll get back to science. <laughs> we'll, we'll get these guys prosecuted yeah. eventually and uh, put them to work, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> He's not sucking dick for money. God. A little swastikas for some stars and stripes. <laughs> that Actually, in a really weird way, that's kind of what it's become. <laughs> I know, I know. But, um, yeah, I'm not trying to be sexual. I was trying to be, like, creepy, you know? Like, you no, know, you've created that fetish in some people now. Have fun with that. Well, I hope not, because that's, that's problematic, but, you know. Let's keep, her, let's keep her moving here. <laughs> anyway, so once in Allied hands, the list became across um, the radar of Army Major General Robert B. Staver. And he was the chief of the jet propulsion section. <laughs> Look at that. So, by the way, for the American sections, if you have not heard, uh, again, I do recommend doing some, re- like, your own research on this if you're interested. And by, by the way, do your research does not mean... No, 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 don't find alternate facts. We're not talking about that. Yeah, we're not talking about these facts or the right facts. Let's just tell you how long the name of this department is. Chief of the Jet Propulsion Section of the U.S. Army Ordnance Corps. <laughs> that's not too bad. I shorten it down. <laughs> I mean, that's not too bad. But... Staver used the list to begin to search and capture the Third Reich's prominent scientists. And the idea was this. Basically, once the war had come to an end, which at this point in time it did, but we were still fighting the Japanese, the Allies were basically just going town to town being like, all right, well, have you heard this guy? Okay, we connect the dots here, here, and here. Okay, we know that this guy moved from Bond down to, like, say, whatever town. We're going to find him there and give him an option. Which is usually, in most cases, the option was either you fucking hang or you come work for us. Which, again, it, you know, that's a, a plea deal, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they're taking plea deals for all this shit that, like... Some, some of these people, let's not forget, have literally worked on, like, concentration camp, like, death technology oh, you know, and we'll shit get like to that. that. Yeah. Just remember, the majority of these people in this list are people who are not clean people. I will explain this. We have a list of folks at the end of this episode that we will talk about. Just And Lucas doesn't know who these are. 
So he's going in blind on this one. I am. <laughs> he's blind. I go, I go in blind on every episode. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who was heading that list, Lucas. Tell me who was heading that list. Oppenheimer. Right? Oppenheimer was American, buddy. Fuck. Um, <laughs> what? Yes, he was. Oh, he was, you're right. Oh, fucking Christ. What is the name of... I know which... Nah. Uh, God, I failed. I'm trying to think of the name of the person. Do not... This is awful podcasting, Jake. Werner Von Braun! Yes, that's the name. <laughs> that's the one. I'm a dumbass. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Von Braun, yes. Hence begins what is known as Operation Overcast. Now, Overcast becomes Paperclip. Okay, so... <laughs> the, the name Overcast is fucking hilarious because it literally just admits... That they're trying to throw clouds onto like, what the activities they're doing are. What, what we're gonna do is imagine it's imagine it's a sunny day, right? We're just like whoop, we're walking down the streets of Germany. We find a scientist, throw up a couple clouds, and what? He's American now. He just sees a guy who's dressed as a Nazi scientist. They just throw a burlap bag over him and carry him away. I mean, seriously, could he you can't be? See. It's like if we threw a towel over a bird cage. Could you bird be anymore fucking transparent? No wonder they had to change the name. Man, you're gonna over- be. So mad how early people find out about this, by the way. When we talk about CIA shit and how it's like, we didn't find out about until the 90s. Well, and I don't know if you found this on your research, but Werner von Braun was on fucking Disney programs. Yes, he after was. He came- <laughs> if I find a video that isn't subject to copyright claim, we'll throw it up on the website. Oh, uh, yeah. I watched one. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. He literally is on fucking like Disney. Like, he's sitting there with like this makeshift He's talking fucking, to Walt like- Disney, like, and he's just hanging out, like, doing fucking. Space and science shows. Let me tell you what I say. And he's holding just a model rocket of a V2. If it, I'd made a 10,000 oh more of these, you would all be white. It's just uh, like staring right, into the fucking... Tell you what. All right, cut, cut, cut. Werner, you can't <laughs> say that, Werner. Werner, you cannot say that. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm employed by a Jew-hating cartoonographer. The longest fucking like episodes ever recorded. It's just outtake skits. <laughs> but listen, we are gonna we're gonna find one that's not copyright, and we're gonna put oh, that I up will, on, on the web. There, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna find that one because it's necessary that you see that because it's fucked oh, yeah. up. So. And you'll get to understand him as a person. So uh, by May twenty second in nineteen forty five, about three days before my birthday. Shut up. <laughs> Major Saber transmitted a request to locate, secure, and evacuate the named scientists and their families. Now remember, sci- the families was also kind of like a sweetener of the deal. Yeah, we it's like, we'll take your scientists. families, we'll too. We'll take the whole shebang and bang. We'll move you to, like, western occupation zones in Germany. I love that this is fucking negotiations. Yeah, it's it like, is. You know, well, well, I think the fact was they saw it like this. We still have the Japanese to fight, remember? Because the war in, the World War II doesn't end until August. Yeah, but after, but unreasonable people would have thought that once the Germans fall, the Japanese would not be far behind. Like, they, they no, weren't, see, that's the thing, they though. weren't doing kosher. Like no, the Japanese weren't doing kosher, but remember that that culture is an entirely different group. Germany, I think, in in itself, is more of what we think is like our version, whereas Americans were surrendering sometimes is not seen as as terrible. You know, when it comes to well, in the I mean, line of a duty, cultural this where the Japanese were like, "Fuck it, I'll bunker up in a mountain for the next I'm thirty-five years. Let's go." You'll talk to people who say that like those atomic bombs we dropped were completely necessary. When in all reality, they dubious, at least. Yeah, so I kind of agree and disagree, because the only other option for them would have been to basically either starve out the nation, which they were already doing, which wasn't working, because you're strengthening results. But you could argue that that land invasion could have been very successful in in a very small part of time. You could try, but again, that's the weird thing. So anyway, that's not the point of this. Yeah, episode, we're not so. here to discuss alternate history, though. It is something interesting. There is a YouTube video that I've watched a couple times that talks yeah. about it. 
But anyway. It's something you can really have a conversation about. But yeah. anyway. Anyway. So, basically, namely, they wanted these scientists and their secrets before the Soviets could get them. Again, we're working this early. We're, we're The war's not even fucking over yet. We're nope. still saying, like, no, you fuckers ain't getting this. Because <laughs> I think in that way, they were seeing that Stalin was not aligning. They, they kind of were like, he's a necessary evil, but at this point in time, we're going to keep moving forward. They wanted the scientists and their secrets, though, specifically because they wanted to figure out if they could get that rocket technology to work against Japan. Hey, man, those rockets, those are pretty sexy, right? Like, you know, maybe we could, uh... Yeah. Maybe we could get those rockets, right? Yeah. Like, and now remember, too, on we don't discuss Unit 731 in this one. If you're not familiar with that, that was basically, like, the Japanese's version of, like... I'd say, like, out, like all the concentration camps combined in a weird way, plus, like, a madhouse of biological weapons manufacturing. Yeah. But we're, we can't really get to that because it's just too much. Anyway. Another time. Yeah, we will. But most of Ozenberg's scientists on the list were comprised of engineers that had worked at the Wehrmacht Research Center at Pinamunda, where they developed nice. the V-2 rocket system. Now, Pinamunda was basically like an island off the coast of, I believe it was Germany. I, the reason why I thought that was, for a while I thought it was off France when I was in high school, because I don't know maps. But it was, in fact, off of Germany. Um, <clears throat> they developed the V-2 rocket, which, again, too little too late, but a massive jump forward in technology, whereas most of our rocketries were straight shots, like bazooka-type missiles, shoot it out of a thing, right. hit something at close range. This is like... We've listed out a trajectory to fire a ballistic missile from one continent to the next. Or, like, well, one country to the next. It was a yeah. big jump. On top of that, too, they were working on V-1 technology. That's our first operational cruise missile. And, if again, I I would love to talk about just the sound it made. Because it's, they're both terror weapons. The idea is that right. these things were launched as a last-ditch effort. And this is where, too, if you're a big history World War II kind of person, that you see a lot of the funky shit that Hitler was starting to throw like giant tanks and yeah. multi, like gi- like bombers that could reach America sort of shit. They were trying to make people think that they were much, doing much better than they were. Yeah, that's the um, whole point. It's all perception. Well, and But the thing is, too, this is interesting, you could argue that that shit would not have worked in a modern era, because nowadays... We know the bullshit. We know how you're doing, so you can't just like throw up fake fronts like that like you could back in the day. Well, yeah. I mean, um, shit, they did that on just about everything. Yeah. So. I mean, fucking the Russians do it. No, the Russians used to do it in the Cold War by taking jets that would fly off one field, land somewhere else, repaint it, fly it back, give the impression that there was multiple planes. Yeah. I love I mean, that. I love that. Apparently, some people pretty were just fucking, dumb enough yeah. to be fucking um, just taken by that. But Pina Munda was a big one because V2s weren't really considered to be vulnerable to anything. V1s, we had learned, you could tap the wings on these things and send them into a spiral. So the Americans were interested in both, but they really wanted that sweet, 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 sweet V2 technology. V2, baby. Well, once those scientists were in the bag, literally, because I have this mental image of them literally capturing them like a rabbit (laughs) and keeping them in a bag, they were moved to what was called Landshut in southern Bavaria. Now, Landshut was basically a town that the um, OSS and the American military intelligence cleared out for this whole operation. They, it was like <laughs> they a tiny fucking, town. They just created a whole ass town. Well, it was a town that had been abandoned, effectively. Or it was like an area around a town. But they had created this like encampment for these scientists and their families. 
So, what happened they was... They might as well just need that town, like, fucking Thunderstorm or something like that. They might as well have. They're coming like fucking Operation Overcast. We might as well just call it, like... It just says, like, like th- the town of Thunderstorm, but just a giant sign that says, there are no Nazis here, no, stop yeah. looking, keep moving. Listen, this town only embraces sunny days. <laughs> sunny delight, too. Yeah. We're only even embracing sunny delight. <laughs> Hashtag not a paperclip. <laughs> not a paperclip. <laughs> Not a clip in town. It's Clippy from fucking MS Toss or whatever. <laughs> just like yourself. Sounds like you want to try to hide some ex war criminals. You want me to help? <laughs> no, Clippy, we're going. You'll need my fucking assistance. Why I will he... tell everyone. Why does Clippy sound like Razor's fucking Mickey, Mickey Mouse? Mouse? And Towley a little bit too. Mickey Mouse doesn't sound. I don't know what Clippy fucking sounds like. Fucking like, like Towley just showing up like, uh, you want to hide some Nazis? <laughs> I'll hide some fucking Nazis for you. Well, in in the context of hiding Nazis, paperclip. <laughs> in the context of hiding Nazis, the people in the towns of Lans- in the town of Lanshut, the folks in town got wise to the fact that a bunch of ex-Nazi rocket scientists were all of a sudden living in their town. <laughs> because all of a sudden, just a bunch of random people they'd never seen before were like, "Oh, these guys are under armed guard." <laughs> this is fucking weird. But around 1945, to avoid further attention, the United States Joint Chiefs of Staff renamed the operation to Paperclip. The, again, I'm trying to kind of throw it together because the name. I love it because they realized, hey, maybe overclass cast is a bit too fucking on the nose. And the funny part is this: regardless of the change in name, in order to throw off the scent of this highly secretive operation for people, <laughs> there were still a lot. Remember, this is a war come to an end. We're only a fraction. I would say, of the leadership of the Nazis, of the people who were fucking responsible for horrendous war crimes, ended up getting hung or going to jail yeah. forever. And some people you got had a lot really of people, fucking light. You know, a lot of people fucking escaped, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. We'll find out some of those folks. Some Ha-ha! of those folks are involved in this program. Fantastic. Yeah. So, regardless of the fact that they changed it, the press managed to get a series of interviews with the scientists, a German newspaper, in December of '45. Wow. And the scientists just said, yeah, we are here, and the Americans have given us a contract to work with them, and we don't really know what we'll be working on. Maybe we'll be creating a new type of chocolate. It's like, just, what the fucking... I'm not even mad, because I'm glad that we know about it, because otherwise we would be just stupider than we are now. But still, fucking hell. Have we never been able to keep a secret in the military-industrial complex? No, it always gets out. Yeah. Well, here comes Operation Safe Haven. It kind of runs alongside Paperclip, so that's why I'm trying to explain. There's multiple What is this, Operation things. Oh Shit, this isn't going the way we needed to? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, on the ground, the United States instituted what was called the Combined Intelligence Objectives so, uh, Subcommittee, excuse, called, so guessing, called SIOS. Okay. And the goal of SIOS was to provide agents on the ground with the information on targeted scientific, military, and industrial installations. So we've got the scientists, right? That's kind of part of is Operation Is this just to like, protect the scientists as after we get them, essentially? Is that what this uh, is? Or you'll like... find out in a second, my friend. You might be asking yourself, Lucas, but what if they've left some stuff behind? What do we do with all that sweet, sweet shit that they've buried in a mountain somewhere? Hey, Jake. What if they left some shit behind? <laughs> I'll tell you. I hit my head. Ow. <laughs> the, the fact was this. Sios's whole point was not to get people so much as it was to get um, equipment blueprints, documents, just to basically clean sweep installations after the war that had either been abandoned or captured and pick anything up that was of military intelligence value. So you have, just to keep it straight, you have paperclip, which is people, safe haven, which is like material. The shit, okay. Okay. 
So while not initially designed against the Soviet Union, Safe Haven's central objective was to secure the scientists and engineers before they could fuck off to sympathetic countries with their stuff. <laughs> scientists and engineers with their stuff. Okay. This establishment... Be- Oh, sorry. This established the basic structure of what Operation Paperclip would eventually become as well. Because it kind of combined. Remember, there's two... And let us not be lost here. So let us not be lost here that while we're doing this, the government is telling the American people that we are... Are the good guys. We're the good guys. We kind of are. And basically telling people that, no, 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 all the Nazis are bad and... We're making sure they all face punishment. And, oh, yeah. and then they're turning around and being like, hey, but, but what about uh, the smart Nazis? We're going to take them and we're going to... It's just the guy at a press conference who's being filmed in front of like people and shown on film cameras. Like, and I will tell you for a moment that I'm not a le- letting another single Nazi sympathizer or person who's indicated yeah. with the Nazi government go through and get out of the hands of sweet, sweet justice. Turns around and goes like... Except for the ones that know the equations. We need those equations, right? You know, the guy who could create the fucking atom bomb. <laughs> guess well, what? We kind we, of did, we because Einstein fucking was equations. part of that. <laughs> was part of the atom bomb project. He was from Germany. Yeah. That was pre-paperclip, uh, but still. We had created an atom bomb by that point in time. What's important, however, in this case was this. Safe Haven would focus, for the most part, on the regions of Saxony and Thuringia. Thuringia. I am positive we're we're fucking it up, but yes. Respectively. (laughs) Primarily out of scientific... Respectfully. Primarily because scientific facilities and personnel had been moved out of Berlin to areas and and into that area. Remember, they didn't want it in the big city, because the big city was getting pounded day and night by fucking Big city go boom, boom. Yeah, pretty much. And so you didn't want that, (laughs) because the the Soviets had captured Berlin for the most part. But again, not wanting the Soviets to get the jump on German scientific and technical expertise, the United or the U.S. instigated what was called an evacuation operation, with the intended outcome being to net as many specialists as possible, and not and whoop, oh sorry, and net them they did. I don't know why I did that. And what then they did? Net them. Oh, okay. They net them, my friend, and I net them and I net them again. <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I'm just throwing gonna, a net over them, just dragging. Just gonna let you. Just gonna let you get through with that one. <laughs> struggling in a Bavarian, struggling in a butterfly net. <laughs> Throw them in the back of a van. Um, but by 47, <laughs> the operation had secured an estimated 1,800 technicians and scientists, along with 3,700 family members associated Jeez. with those technicians. So remember, you have the family unit, which makes the scientists feel a little bit more... They're a goddamn unit. unit! Yeah, pretty much. It's a fucking absolute unit. This is an absolute unit, though. Yeah. Now, once captured and secured, any specialist with particularly top-secret knowledge that could be transported to... In- or, sorry, would be transported to interrogation centers across Central and Western Europe. Now, there are two specific locations that we know of, but they could have been anywhere. Remember that you could just pick up a, a fucking house, a castle. It was usually a castle. I don't, I just, I fucking love. <laughs> just fucking, we're just harboring ex-Nazis as Americans in fucking castles. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, this is a very, very James Bondy way. So two such locations were Alderhorst, which, get this, was a fucking bunker complex that had served the Nazi military oh. as their command center during the war. Or a location codenamed as Dustbin. Dustbin? Could not find out what that was. I think they said it was a castle. That's about as much as I can get. <laughs> Again, that's kind of fucking right on the nose, though, because it's just like, call this one Dustbin. It's where we take up all the stuff we swept up underneath the fucking cracks and just... <laughs> Dust it, and then I just huff that Dustbin. <laughs> we huff it right into that fucking space race unit, baby. What, I, what we should probably note as well is that for... All of this that we do know about Operation Paperclip, the details are still closely guarded by the CIA. They will not let it go. Probably well, it's never been destroyed, will. And we will never see it again. But 
the spe- if a specialist proved to be of value, the suspect would be held, only being released to their predetermined location, quote, after all interested agencies were satisfied that all desired intelligence information had been obtained from them. While under Allied custody, these specialists would receive a stipend for their time in order to ensure oh, yeah, some, thank level, God. Yeah. some level of shallow loyalty. <laughs> I can vote that in there, because it is really shallow loyalty. Let's pay these Nazis a small stipend. What if we give you shut-up cash? <laughs> what if we paid you to keep you... <laughs> yeah. So by 1948, the specialists had received settlements which totaled 6.5 million Reichmarks. No! Why that much? <laughs> Here's the problem with that. You, did, you, did you check what kind of currency I just said it was? Well, the problem is that Reichsmarks aren't worth fucking shit because of the inflation. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise. Reichsmarks were worth dick all. $69.5 billion. It's kind of like we just gave them toilet paper. We, it's like we gave them Confederate money. Yeah, it was pretty literally much. that. I shit you not. These, late, these scientists would later be moved to the United States, but all in all... The United States was controlling Germany's best mines for three or more years, thus depriving what was Germany's best bet for a faster recovery. Because a lot of these guys, yeah. too, were working in fields such as, like, architecture and shit like that. They were working in radar technology. They were working so like in they could have actually helped, like, them telephone. rebuild after yeah. the war. It wasn't just militaries, like, missiles and fucking chemical weapons and bombs and shit. It was also civilian Like, infrastructure. Too. Yeah, it was infrastructure. Yeah. It was a whole thing. What was funny about that, though, the 69.5 million Reichsmarks, they fucking sued us because we didn't give them enough money that would counter for anything. <laughs> that was the most ass-backwards thing I'd ever seen. Well, and, you know... Who was using Reichsmarks by 48? No one! Not even the fucking Germans! because even, even before the war, uh, one of the reasons that Hitler came to power was, the money was because of the inflation of the Reichsmark. You could a barrel, and it would be a like, barrel of fucking money in order to buy a corn It'd be like, what, two million bread. Reichsmarks for like a loaf of bread or some it shit like, like that? It was like Deutschmarks or something like that, Deutschmarks, yeah. but the same concept, really. It was like Deutschmarks, but the inflation of the money has like always been a problem that entire time. It's like the U.S. government's just like, well... We'll give them some silly little paper, and they'll feel good. And you know. oh yeah, they're complaining about needing some stipend. And just shake. He just waggles a fucking wad of monopoly money. Let's in front be real of him. though. I mean, shut up and take it. <laughs> I'm sure we fed them fine. We had to keep them alive somehow. We so. put them in a fucking town with yeah. like electricity and heating and water and all this shit. These people who worked in fucking Dachau, Auschwitz. That's the U.S. government for you. We put Nazis in fucking uh, government housing and feed them, and we put. Uh, Immigrants into cages. So, I'll tell you, you know, that's. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Time for the Nazis to go on vacation, my friend. Because that's right. They're starting to wrap. Holiday <laughs> row. Yeah, it's like, I was to say, National Lampoon's Nazis go to America. <laughs> a mental image of a fucking Werner von Braun and his family. Rolling up, kids. In a VW bug adorned with swastikas driving across the country to America, showing up in fucking Mexico, driving through the border as the border authorities like, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyway, so considering that these netted scientists would be less than useful sitting in Europe, where, again, serious consideration would have to be put forth... Or, sorry, I fucked that up. Or where they're sitting in Europe where they could still kind of be... Oh, caught people by, might take them, yeah. Yeah, by the Soviets could also just fucking execute them if they wanted to. Remember, well, people could a, try to escape or, you just know... Just remember, there's quite a lot of pissed off people that the Germans still haven't really got. They haven't oh, you fucking think? You think? There's a whole group of people that have been in camps for the last fucking 12 years really have something to tell you. Yeah, you think there's some pissed off people, Jake? Yeah, exactly. I do think there is. Well, consider, serious consideration was put forth by the brass hats and military intelligence that these key scientists would need to serve a more useful role in the U.S. So they're like, well, we need to get them to the U.S. because that's where we have the most 
I should probably explain, not to cut myself off. It's almost like the U.S. government just, like, funded, like, put their own GoFundMe accounts out there. They're like, hey, we need to get these people to the U.S. so we can, uh, do some... Well, sir, what about the fact that he's doing human experiments, cutting people open without anesthetic? Shut up! Shut up, Johnson! What I care about are the experiments we can do to make life better for Americans here, Johnson. Isn't that good enough for you? That's the danger of communism, my friend. Are you a fucking communist? You sound like a communist right now. sounds like a communist there, If you were a communist, you'd suck my dick (laughs) and just turn around and start (laughs) zipping his pants. Um, Closeted gays in the 50s. Yeah, (laughs) that's actually pretty true, because I think Joe McCarthy was a closeted gay. (laughs) Anyway. He's an asshole. Um, Jesus Christ. I was fucking... We've talked plenty about Joe McCarthy in this podcast. Yeah, we have. You have. I have. You wanted to take that. Oh, absolutely. You yelled at me because I didn't know... Anyway, the fact was this. The reason why we took him to the U.S. instead of keeping him in Europe on top of that is that, remember, this is about two years after the war. Everything is fucking destroyed. All across it. Factories, science, or universities, big cities where most of your infrastructure is going to be. All of that's fucked for at least the, the time being until they can get it fixed. So, the America is kind of the best place to take them. Yeah. Here's the problem with that. Is that they're treating these scientists kind of like, oh, you had nothing to do with, you know, the gas chambers and the fucking death camps and the horrendous war crimes that you guys committed. Eh, But that's the thing, though. That's where we kind of collectively start to forget. The the earliest arrival from Operation Paperclip actually came in May of 1945. Oh. So the first one to come in was right there around the same month that the war ended. It was a scientist named Herbert A. Wagner, who was inventor of of the Henschel 293 radio controlled glide bomb. If you've ever seen this thing, it is fucking... The glide bomb? Yeah, go ahead and Google it for me if you want. Nah, just go ahead and tell me what it is. I won't talk about it, then fuck you. <laughs> no, the glide bomb was basically an airplane-launched Scud missile. This Ooh. thing was it was launched from a bomber. I, I know this because we've done research on this, just to make sure. People would be like, no, you ain't talking about it right. But basically, the, the 293 would be dropped from a bomber, would be radio-guided in that plane, and the idea was for it to basically wipe out shipping. So it was an anti-ship, like, harpoon missile. The Good earliest Lord. predecessor of a harpoon missile. Damn. Now, specifically, he started working in the U.S. at what was called the Special Devices Center at Sandpoint in Long Island, and later the Naval Air Missile Test Center. <laughs> in fucking Long Island. Yep, no, not. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, oh my God. I can't understand him because of his accent. Oh, my God. He doesn't what? even cut his he must have. He must have been such a poor soul over there in Georgia. Or German, Georgia. Georgia? Where the fuck did you Germany. I tried to say Germany. Oh, look at him. Look at his hair. Look at his hair. Oh, it's just some fucking oh. heavy set dude with a gold oh. chain. Hey, you one of those fucking form guys? <laughs> Why don't you take your shit so and fuck yourself? Oh, anyway, we're gonna get a lot of angry emails for that one. We're gonna get a lot of angry emails for that voice. Um, yep, don't, don't forget, we have our own special kind of uh, our own accent here. So. <laughs> anyway, um, but he also would then transferred over to na- the Naval Air Missile Test Center in Point Bugu, California. <laughs> Man, you're really just getting fucking all the fucking cultures in America. Long Island of fucking Cali. Point Mugu in Cali. Fucking Don't Point Mugu. Don't even know Mugu. what Mugu's supposed to mean. Well, they moved I think there that's the point. You're not supposed to. Yeah, well, we, he moved in there in 47. In both positions, Wagner supported U.S. development and guided missiles, developing control mechanisms for several models that in upgraded forms remain in service today. Harpoon missiles. No, I shit you not. Harpoon missiles. He started the process and we still use the design factors for it. That's how much this touches everything we do. America, built by Nazis, turns out. (sighs) Well, here's the thing. So in August of 45, 
Colonel Holger Toftoy. That's a real name. It is. Head of the... Okay, here's the, here's the long one. Here's the long one. By the way, here's the long name. Right. Head of the Rocket Branch of the Research and Development Division, U.S. Army Ordnance Corps. Yeah. It keeps getting longer and longer as it goes on. I feel like it's just because they keep stuffing the names really long so people won't like actually care who's in it. Because they feel like by the end, they get the end of the position, they'll lose interest. So it's like, and you, sir, uh, captured Nazi number 95, you'll be the head to the chief assistant to the secretary to the... the, You'll be the coffee guy to the head assistant to the secretary (laughs) to the chief of the chief of the assistant secretary of the Department of Transportation. (laughs) Exactly. And all just all the trucks are run on Drew hair. It's just the worst shit ever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, anyway... It, it not they enosh oh my Jesus Christ I'm, I'm mixing offered and initial they offered um, an initial one year contract to the rocket scientists under their care 127 accepted this offer and by September of 1945 again the end of the war the first group arrived at Fort Strong in Long, on Long Island oh God oh, oh. my Lord oh they're more coming oh, oh God <laughs> oh they're foreign and oh. they're scary they're gonna knock down our twin towers. Then you got David Berkowitz going, oh, oh. No, we're not going there. <laughs> you keep that for your own bullshit podcast. <laughs> this is my this is my own bullshit podcast. Exactly. So, so um, just to give you a weird context, by the way, I did some research on Fort Strong. Gigantic, I, it was a gigantic gun battery off of Long Island. Oh. They sent him to an abandoned fort like a James <laughs> Bond villain. <laughs> On Long Island, of all places. What if they would have just annexed that and made it, like, a new part of Nazi Germany? You might as well have fucking done it. It's basically the same thing. There's that many white people. Well, I'll tell you who was comprised in this group, my friend. This group contained none other than Werner von Braun. We'll call it the swastika team instead of the A-team. The S-team? The SS team? The SS team. There you go. Who's in the SS team, Jake? Werner von Braun? Eric W. Neubert. Ooh. Theodore A. Popple. Okay. Vil- uh, William August Schulze. Probably no, it's Wilhelm. not Wilhelm. It's actually William. William? <laughs> it's probably Wilhelm, but they called it William. Okay. Wilhelm August Schulze, <laughs> Eberhard Ries, Wilhelm Jungert, and Walter Schwindertag. <laughs> Schwindertag, <laughs> I <laughs> fucking hell. I've <laughs> never <laughs> heard such a collection German of German names. names in my life. Also, oh, wait, 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 Adolf Fancy Pants Candyman. Give me that last one again. I need to hear the last Walter one. Walter Schwindertsky. <laughs> it's a fucking, like, a bullish dude. Jesus fucking Christ. There's okay. 16, like, blonde hair, blue-eyed, Dutch, oh, not Dutch, Bavarian, Austrian, Germans, and one Polish guy <laughs> who's still trying to figure out how to put a screen door in a fucking oh, submarine. Here's the, th- the one thing you need to realize, though, is uh, German people, some of them were very ardent Nazis. So Some? Yeah. <laughs> The Polish people were not ab- obstructed from some of the bad shit in the war, and some well, of them. Well, and a lot there's of a whole ger- there's a whole Polish town, and I will do an episode on this sometime. Who literally killed all of the Polish residents in the town? All the Jewish residents. All the Jewish residents in the town. Yeah, yeah. they just straight up did it. The Nazis didn't. They weren't there telling them to do it. They just straight up did it out of anti-Semitism. They just, just fucking just did go it. out there and murder people, and the Nazis just show up amongst bodies and bodies yeah, and birds. Like, look what we Dude, did. These people are metal as fuck. A little too metal for us. <laughs> that guy over there is covered in entrails, <laughs> dancing around with his dick out. We're going to go around the town, and then the SS just comes and goes, burn it to the ground. It's just like that. <laughs> we'll circle back. We'll circle back. We'll put a pin in it. <laughs> Want to put a bookmark in there? Close that book. Christ. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, all of these people, by the way, were huge players in the V2 rocket program. 
these guys were people who worked on rockets, worked on trajectory systems, worked on, you know, structures, or structures, sorry, worked on um, the structure of the rockets, worked on propellants, worked on warhead stuff, worked on, you know, gyro mechanisms, they all like this rockets. shit. These people like These rock. people were basically the people who would get us to the moon. These are these people. Without Werner von Braun and all these scientists, strangely enough, we I'm pretty certain that the space race would have gone a different direction. Or we yeah, wouldn't probably. have gone into space at all. Yeah. I mean, again, that's well, not really... Well, because Kennedy knew that we had all these bad. people, too. Yeah. He knew that that was a possibility when he said we'd get to the moon. He knew that we had these people. He knew the research we were doing. Oh, yeah. I think the whole point was, too, is that... The, uh, we'll talk about this later, but... We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. We'll tell you what the real reason for the space race is later. Um, and that's going to be another future episode of the space race. But uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah, in about two or three months. Uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> no, no. We're take. trying to make it a little bit closer. Give or take. Together. That's good. Anyway. Anyway. So around the tail of 45-2, three groups of rocket scientists were transported to Fort Bliss in Texas. And at the White Sands Proving in Grounds. Texas. In, yep. Interesting. And the White Sands Proving Grounds in New Mexico. The fucking place where they speed test cars? Yes. Fucking why? Because that was our rock. They basically was a flat land of salt plain that they I tested suppose. fucking atom bombs and missiles at. It was perfect. There was no one around for miles. The funny thing is that fucking that somehow crosses over with the airship shit that I did. Because remember, when one of those people survived the airship crash, he literally was involved in like speed tests on cars yeah. at White Sands in previous years. It was the fuck? No, you see, that's the funny part about this. This is just what they like. And there are films. I will find films because there are on YouTube. Pathé probably has them of just they were testing these rockets. It just see a V two with checkered pattern in the middle of the desert, just going up. <laughs> and then every once in a while, there'd be a film strip of one that would fuck up, go up, and then go sideways down. And you'd watch a bunch of scared Americans running for their lives oh as God. it goes and detonates like eighteen cars in the parking Jesus lot. Christ. Like it is just it is something. It is a fucking time if you want to lose yourself. Seems like in you it need to put like Tom and Jerry music behind that. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, watch a V2 rocket just blow up a house. You just fucking hear that. Christ. Yeah, so anyway. Fucking Christ. Specifically, oh. these groups were, or would add to their, or Jesus, would add their technical expertise for in-field V2 testing, which, again, was what we just talked about. The group would later be joined by Von Braun, or by Von Braun's group later on. So the White Sands group would be joined by Von Braun's group, because Von Braun had gone to Fort Bliss in Texas first. Um, and then transferred <laughs> exactly later so. to the Redstone Arsenal in 1950. <laughs> Where's the Redstone Arsenal located? Um, actually, it's a great question. I had it, I'd written it down, and I'd forgotten to add it. Just the fucking imagining Werner von fucking Braun in Texas, just chilling out. This I'm going to get a cool suntan! <laughs> tell you what, that boy's got a bit of an accent. <laughs> I'll tell you what. He in the kettle, boy. Come on now, get him, doggy! <laughs> so... Oh my god, will you imagine what would happen if a bunch of ranchers were just out there like, yep, it's hot today, hot yesterday. <laughs> just hear a fucking V2 rocket firing off in the background. Yep. <laughs> Tell you what, I better go get back to dinner. I think Laura Bale made me a nice steak. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna see you later, Randy. <laughs> Okay, you want to know where Redstone is? Yeah, what is it? It's in Alabama. Oh my fuck. <laughs> These people are scattered everywhere down the south. Fucking Alabama? Oh, oh my man. god. Anyway. Just so, a young George Wallace just V2 rockets. I'm going to just see a V2 rocket go up. It's not going to be like, we will reach space one day. It's just like, I'll separate the races. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all he got from that. It's like a fucking shooting star moment for him. He just sees a shooting star and just 
wishes all the races to be separated. Well, they all want the separate races. I want black Jesus people to just fuck. go back to Africa. To God the, damn. the most racist thing that he could fucking say. Fuck that man. That's all we Man, that say. man's a fucking asshole and an idiot. Yeah. Jesus, I'm glad he got shot. Anyway, um, so what happened here was that these guys were basically being put into massive military industrial complex stations where these, these people were basically hands-on with the best scientists that we had with the best scientists that the Germans had. All right. Uh, okay, so, uh, Jake, we're going to have you working with Werner today. Jake, meet Werner. Your nose is a little big. Are you a Jew? No. So, uh, Are you nice. a bit dusky of skin? Are you a Jew? No. It's nice to meet you, Werner. Um, He's just sitting there measuring my fucking skull. Ah, hey, I Werner. see. You are um, mentally disabled. You, you got, <laughs> fucking uh, phrenology. You got baseball over there in the, in the right. <laughs> you, um, you like... You like the, the Bucks? <laughs> uh, you good about basketball? Oh, I love the basketball. Be you. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that joke. That joke's bad. Oh, We're no. going a little too close to home. Anyway, anyway, so by 40 or in 1946, the United States Bureau of Mines had also employed seven synthetic fuel scientists. So again, Ooh. these guys were kind of big because these people create like from oil. They create gasoline or they create different kind of um, propellants. Yeah, they create like the hoop to the gasoline. Anyway, what the hell did you just say? Nothing to worry about. You it. said the hoop did the gasoline. Yeah, gasolina. It's a that's the song reference anyway, that you don't okay. get. Anyway. So these people specifically were Ernest Donath, or, or sorry, Ernst Donath, Ernst Hans Shepard, okay, Max Josenhaus, Kurt Brettschneider, <laughs> Eric Fries, Helmut Pickler, <laughs> Helmut, and Leon, Leonard Alberts. All right. Okay, so starting at six months, at six dollars a month. <laughs> And later as employees to the Bureau of Mines at $500 a month. So, wow, Jesus. I'm going to fucking punch what the a table. What a fucking... Wait, so people need to understand $500 a month. That's a lot. That's a lot of fucking money adjusted for inflation. in the 40s when shit like that is, is massive. You keep going. I'm going to go find an inflation calculator yeah, so ahead. I can be even more upset. All right, so and specifically these scientists would be employed to a Fisher Tropf uh, chemical plant in Louisiana and in Missouri. Uh, specifically, Fisher Trough... Again, everywhere in the fucking South! Yeah. Uh, by the way, Fisher Trough, for those of you that are like, what is that? It's basically a, a way of creating synthesized fuel. It's very technical. So and I these went people, like two so manuals, and I do not want to talk about If you think about it. about it like this, Vernon Von Braun and his homies out there in New Mexico were doing the work to try to get okay. the rockets set up, and then these people... We're trying to get the fuel to make the rockets go. Well, these guys weren't even doing that for fuel. These guys were just working in the oil industry for shits and giggles. They're just fucking, like, working on oil. Yeah. These guys okay. were creating synthesized fuel because that's pretty Excuse much what the Excuse me for assuming for. that we would... No, no. These guys were employed in different sectors. You you kind of... People seem to not understand just how wide this is and where it goes to. I love you. It's just like people as in you don't understand. No, I mean, not you. I mean, just people in general. So, I'm just fucking 1946. <laughs> Well, yeah, 1946 model. Yep, go ahead. I got a nice little calculator pulled up here. That's your dick. We can't use that. <laughs> Professionals. <laughs> 500 ducks. Son of a bitch, it's seven grand a month. So, yeah, they're making almost $7,500 a month. Holy Christ. Active cur- cumulative rate of inflation is 1,399%. So, okay, so let's just take a moment here, so... I'm gonna fucking cry, I swear. (laughs) They went... (laughs) They they went from making, basically, marks in Germany that were pretty much nothing, to making $7,500 a month here. Yeah. 
And again, we should probably say that even though these guys... These motherfuckers could buy whatever they wanted. Well, these guys too, yes, they do work for the Nazis, though I could not say that these guys specifically had any sort of really serious shit. They were still them. technically Nazi no, they were scientists. Nazis. I'm saying in that regard, that's what makes them still the bad guys. But I'm saying within that, we weren't like employing like fucking the beast of Buchenwald to work in our fucking kindergarten sector or something like that. Yeah, I like, know. We weren't but, doing that. Oh, but I just want to make sure people aren't like, oh my god. I'm still saying, oh my god. It's still pretty. No, fucked I know up it's me, pretty but... fucking aggravating. So one of the major motivators for Operation Paperclip and its coterie of scientists was the United States Air Force. So the Air Force was the big one. Remember when we talked about um rocket. Jets and all, rocket jets, rocket technology, jet technology, yeah. right? The Americans wanted their hands on some of that shit. Yeah, of jets were cool. Jets were like a new toy that they wanted to test out. Okay, so in this one, I promise this reference is uh, this, this is good. So in the, the jets, oh. in the movie Red Tails. Yeah. Um, so if you remember the way they portrayed the German fighters in that movie, they're good against them earlier in the movie, but then later in the movie, if you remember like the angry German with like the, the jet face, that just yeah. starts fucking like. Spraying machine guns into like the other uh, one of those guys. And yeah, it kills like at the them very off. end and kills both of them. Yeah, that's that's a jet. Yeah, yeah, the, the aircraft is a jet. Yeah, and that's holy fuck was that? And it just shows you how scary they must have been for like an American or someone else like going up with like one of our propellers. Oh, machines dude, just so, go dude, <laughs> rolling up to a jet. The fucking scariest thing would be in the bombers because yeah. these guys, the, the jet, the jet fighters were intended to knock down bomber formations. Yeah, these guys were meant to. Dive in in squads through bomber formations, wipe out five at a time, come back around and do it again. Yeah. And you, you do not. I will, there is a, again, I, it's a big history buff. World War II was my thing when I was in high school because I was that kid. But I was not one of those kids that were Nazi shit because fuck those people. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, there was film footage and audio recordings of a bomber pilot and his crew who had seen a 262 buzz their formation and those guys are scared you can hear them shit themselves that's how scared they are so between 45 and 52 approximately 250 scientists and technical specialists were housed in what was the united or sorry was housed in the united states as part of operation lusty 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 haha luftwaffe secret technology (laughs) not as cool on paper anyway the U.S. Air Force's deep-seated interest in the Luftwaffe came from the monumental introduction of the jet intake engine that would soon, or sorry, that would come to be installed in the Messerschmitt 262, which was the fighter that you just talked about. Yes. So this is an aircraft with two engines under wing and the Heinkel 162 Salamander, which had a big jet engine on the top of it. Wow. Actually kind of an interesting airplane. I'll put some pictures of those the up Salamander. Salamander is actually fucking kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first jet fighters, and as well as the Aerodot 234 Blitz, which was the first <laughs> operational jet bomber. Holy fuck. Yeah. And they didn't really get a lot of, you know, combat sight. They didn't really do anything. Because oh, cause at this point, we're at the end. Yeah. If they would have gotten this shit early on, you were it would not have been good. We would have been screwed. It would have been Wolfenstein for real, and that's yeah. the scary bit. So these guys specifically were sort of marshaled around Wright Field in Ohio. <laughs> Okay, so now we're in the north. <laughs> I mean, in the Midwest. I'm just looking at a map here in my mind. I just You're keep just plotting. You're creating a, co- like a corkboard map with pins and it's I wish, everywhere. <laughs> I wish I would have fucking just had a map out so I could just start highlighting this. But holy yeah. shit. Well, in Ohio specifically, Operation Lusty employed scientists, technicians, pilots, engineers, and ground crews that were familiar with the technology. And as part of getting that technological know-how, there were ground elements of the operation that traveled into the occupied areas of Germany and Europe and secured and removed secret military technology. So, just to give you an idea here, 
when the war came to an end, there were a lot of uh, airfields and a lot of other places in Europe where these fighters would be left behind because the army or air force would just fuck on out of there because they didn't want any, anything to do with it. And they also, don't forget Louisiana and Mississippi, or Missouri, rather. There you go. California. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I'm starting to, now I'm keeping tally on the map. Holy shit, that's a lot of, we, <laughs> oh my god. We had seven states already. That's I'm sure terrifying. we're not done, anyway. Oh god. Um, specifically within that. Oh, the, hey, I forgot okay, one. go ahead. There we go. Oh my god, it's turning into an election map. I know. Oh god. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to 2016. Oh Jesus. Oh. Anyway, um, specifically though, a lot of these people, they would basically send these agents in. These guys would pick up these jet fighters that were sitting at airfields and fly these things back to England and then to the United States where they would basically pack them in a box and ship them. They just keep these fucking planes. Shit, like... you not. They would literally get an airplane. A lot of these planes, too, were stored underground because a lot of what the Nazis had done was they had moved most of their manufacturing into mountains and into railroad tunnels. Well, because they realized that... Bombers hey, couldn't yeah, hit them, yeah. yeah. So what happened was these guys would get an airplane which fly these fucking things out of there, which must be fucking terrifying. Oh, my see. God, yeah. And they would end up packing them in the boxes, shipping them back to the U.S. to be um, re say reinstalled that's not the word i want do, 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 do. what the fuck is the word i'm thinking of uh, reassembled that's re- the there we go it'll yeah. be reassembled by these people who basically worked with these fighters in the first place or these bombers and once these things were there these guys would basically pick these fucking things apart and be like okay this is how you made them so we're going to create a diagram we're going to reverse engineer basically um a good indication of what was a reverse engineered jet aircraft was the gloucester meteor which was the first British jet aircraft, jet fighter that they had, didn't look exactly the same as the ME-262, but basically had the same design for it. Yeah. Yeah, Scary. fun. Fun. Scary. <laughs> I mean, understandably, though. It wasn't like they just, you know, but still. Um, under the parameters, two of your Operation Paperclip. So, again, the, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I got that all the way through. So, under the parameters of Operation Paperclip as well, the United States Army Signal Corps also had an interest in advances in German radar and communications technology. So, specifically, when we're talking radar and that Signal Corps, basically what they do is their job is running communications and Army outposts. These are the people that basically, if you issue orders and you need them encrypted, these are the people you have on your staff. Right, yeah. Now, what they wanted for communications specifically was encryption and stuff like that. So, if you're thinking, like, think to the movie, like, if you've ever watched uh, Imitation Game, oh, okay. uh, where they were trying to crack the Enigma code yeah. machine, that's basically what they were looking for in that. They were trying to find stuff that worked within that sector of, like, how can we create unbreakable codes so that the Soviets, if they do get a chance to get in there, can't, you know, work through our stuff. Are you going to talk about, is that when we started using the Ojibwe uh, That was during World War II. Okay. That was closer, but again, yeah. it was the same as, like, our same answer sort of thing, yeah, yeah. It was our answer to that, kind of. Um... Experts in the field were picked up and relocated to Camp Evans in New Jersey. <laughs> Let's cut at another state. <laughs> NJ! Oh, yeah, and Long Island's in New York, which we have. Perfect. Fantastic. Oh, my God, it's terrifying. <laughs> I've never know. put it to maps and it scares the shit out of me. I know. I was like, I, was like, I need to visualize this because this, this is getting fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, and this detachment would become what was known as the Fort Monmouth Research Group. And now these guys were a big deal because whilst these technical experts, or so whilst there, the technical experts and physi- or physicists worked on expanding American radar and communications capabilities, with a lot of notable members working within the group as follows. You're going to fucking kick yourself in the shin for the second one, by the way. Fantastic. Georg 
Gobau. Gobau. All right. He's a pioneering engineer in signal transmitting. Basically, he helped us to create a wider wavelength for stuff. It's very technical, but he is no doubt actually fairly important. Right. So when you think of like reaching another continent, he's kind of the guy who helped us get. Well, there. and you think about some shit like this. This is the stuff that probably eventually led to cell phones and shit. Because if we didn't know how to like transmit via these wavelengths and stuff like that, we don't probably have some of the shit we have now. So when you're on your fucking Samsung tomorrow. <laughs> Just think how we can fucking... Yeah, Lucas, when you're in your fucking Samsung! Well, you think, Georg! <laughs> Kurt Leovic. Sorry, I'm just having a fucking time here. Guess what, who he was... Do you know he was a pioneer of the integrated circuit or microchip? Oh! He made the microchip. Microchips. He helped us create computers. <laughs> Ho-ho! So you can... Photovoltaic power cells. He actually kind of helped develop solar power. But, the, I mean, again... Look at Nazis helped develop solar power. LEDs. No, I need to take a second. He helped us make the LED TV. I need to fucking take a second. I'm gonna go get a beer. You vent. Oh, my God. How is this even possible? I don't know. I don't even know. But the funny part was, I was reading it, and I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's known for a lot of shit. He helped us make LEDs. Oh my I god. I shit you not, the screens you have with LEDs are partially to, to be done because we had a Nazi working for us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and the lithium that's... battery. <laughs> so pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. Everything we that we do. have in modern times. Yeah. Are because but we fucking took people. But this is how important that this was. And people are like, oh, I don't give a fucking shit. You realize all of the shit you have is because of these fucking Nazis. <laughs> Hans K. Ziegler. <laughs> Pioneer in comm satellites. Pioneer in the use of using solar cells as power sources for satellites. Every fucking thing. God damn it. I didn't expect this episode to fucking ruin my life. But Jesus fuck. I open it. It really is. So around 1959, yet another 94 scientists were moved to the United States. Within this group, theoretical physicist Friedvard Wittenberg. <laughs> That's a fucking tongue twister. Who worked on propulsion technology for nuclear missiles later on? Also important, yeah. Yeah, he helped us. Uh, they helped us create a lot of nukes. Um, that's in the U.S. The big chunk of it, though. But however, in the land to the east, <laughs> you may be wondering, Lucas, what are the Soviets doing? <laughs> yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, I'll tell you. Operation Osokvakim. <laughs> what? Say it again. Osokvakim. Okay. Osovirokum. But you said, like, salt fucking it. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, Operation Osovirokum. <laughs> Kids are going to say it like 18 times. I'm sorry, Yuri. That's okay. I don't even know if Yuri's still listening anymore. Uh, hopefully he's okay. Anyway. Oh, God, I hope so. Yuri, we know where you live. <laughs> it's okay. We won't tell the state where you are. <laughs> he's hiding. He doesn't want to go to Ukraine, I don't think. Hopefully he's not there How now. How fucking anyway. crazy would it be if we got a massive following and all the guys on the Russian side are like, oh my god, these guys are fucking funny as hell. I just, oh god. I mean, you know, I'll take it, it's alright. See, it's not them that's I'm doing not, this. Hey, I'm a heartless capitalist, I'll take it. I mean, uh, We're not even paid. Because a lot of them, they're not even, they don't even really want to be there, they're just being forced to be there, and that's a whole other yeah, yeah, thing. They so. kind of are. Uh, um, at some point, we'll do a series on that, but too fucking close to it right now. And I really don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, so anyway. Now, while the Americans in the UK were scrambling to pick up as much military secrets as they possibly could, the Soviets weren't just sitting around on their ass. Remember, they own all of Eastern Europe and most yeah. of Germany, including parts of Berlin. Yep. They are going to have a lot of nice shit to pick up, too. They're going to find a couple of Friedrichs and... <laughs> Friedrichs and Helmuts and Witterburgers. <laughs> Witterburgers especially, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, specifically, in the wee hours of October 22nd, in what I would say is almost... Almost stereotypical Soviet fashion. <laughs> On October 22nd, 1946, the MD or the MVD, which is basically the NKVD's police, replacement yeah. military secret police. Beria! And, and the Soviet Beria. Army. Uh, yeah, I think so. But I don't know. I think Beria had been executed by this point, was it? No, 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 because Stalin hasn't died yet. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. And the Soviet Army, under the command of Deputy Commissar Ivan Serov, transferred 2,500 German specialists for state employment in the USSR. Now, when I say transfer, I mean, they pick these fuckers up in the middle of the night, and they move them. All of them. Yeah. And all their shit. There was no, like, American negotiation. This was just, like, the Soviets coming up and just taking people. Yeah, and like I said, in a traditional Soviet fashion, in the middle of the night, they hustle you into a fucking truck, and you don't see your family again. Yep. You know? Good. um, In most cases, I would say the Soviets were willing to fucking shoot more people than most. Yeah, they didn't really give a shit. Yeah. Well, um... In this situation, similar to Paperclip, also Avakims, Osovyakims, Osovyakims? It doesn't matter, you guys. I should have fucking tried to translate for this one, I'm sorry. Main goal was also, in almost stereotypically Soviet nature, to move the entirety of the Nazi V2 rocket production in Middelburg, Nordhausen, which is in central Germany, as well as the Luftwaffe's aviation test center at... (laughs) Jesus Christ almighty, these words. Erprobungstellerreckling in northern Germany. And transfer it to the Soviet Union. So it was like, we're going to take, we're basically going to take Bikini Bottom and push, push it somewhere, somewhere else. else. It's that. It's, it's literally that. entire fucking buildings. Not and a, we're just going to yeah, fucking. Not just gutted fucking buildings, everything. bunkers, tunnel systems of everything and moved them to on trains. Fair, these fuckers are the people that built movable factories. So, they did. So nobody was going to do this. experts in this shit. Yeah. So that's the thing. These guys basically went and transferred all to the USSR, at least within that area, either in Russia or within the satellite states. And the personnel end of things focused around the Soviet sector of Berlin specifically, because that's where most of the scientists have moved back Right, to. yeah. In the jet engine aviation field, under the watchful eye of the rocket designer, Sergei Korolov, Korolyov, the major manufacturers of military aircraft, Arado, BMW, Junkers, Heinkel, were moved under secret order number 228SS, Double S. SS. Oh, yeah, classic. Yep. With these factories and facilities, also went any documents and blueprints related to the creation of jet propulsion and rocket design. So, again, where the Soviets were able so to... So, we kind of stole the people for this shit. We stole the people and the and aircraft. some of their shit. Some of their shit. This, but the Soviets, not... we're just going to take everything. Well, see, and that's the thing. So, that's kind of where, where the Soviets were at an advantage here, was that they were able to basically pick up on a railroad line, put all that shit on a train, and move yeah. it back. Is where we are across an ocean. Yeah, they got everything, whereas we got some shit to piece it together. Well, we got they most got... of the big mines, that's the thing. Well, but it, it makes sense now why they got Sputnik and shit before we really yeah. catch up. Because they had a head start, really. They did, they had more people. Yeah. But then that's where you started to see, and we'll talk about it in the in the space races where we ended up yeah. getting on the moon first, was just because of the fact that the Soviet bureaucracy really fucked them on that one. They um, couldn't just make decisions as fast as we could. They had to, like, yeah. put it up a chain and shit. And, now, specifically with an optics and glass... Exciting, I know. <laughs> I wrote on the less exciting side, the Soviets showed interest in the production of optics and industrial glass for the military. And by optics, we mean like gun sights and shit like that. Um, the major producer of optics for the Soviets list was Carl Zeiss AG and the Janauer Glass Works Company, which, again, they moved most of it or employed most of them in the Soviets. Again, just fucking moved They either them. moved it entirely. If the factory was fucking blown out, they just brought the people and like, you work here now. <laughs> We don't understand Russian. What are we supposed to do here? You are a kid! To the gulag! You will get yourself <laughs> borscht! You will swim in borscht! 
<laughs> oh, you better not fucking piss these people off, too. You will love to learn eat borscht. You will love borscht. You will become borscht. Borscht is God. Anyway. Borscht, is it in you? Yeah. <laughs> the Gatorade commission. Borscht, is it in you? Is it in you? It is. It is in me. <laughs> in other industries, in addition, or in the other industries field, in addition to major military manufacturing, the Soviets were also pretty desperate to begin recovering their domestic industry sector following the war's devastation. Major companies like Rheinmetall, Telefunken, and Henschel were Telefunken. also... Telefunken was a major telephone op- or company. I do love that fucking name. Telefunken. Rheinmetall was a big... Good morning, this is yeah. Telefunken. Yeah. Rheinmetall originally had, I think, had done... Rheinmetall. About, about maybe 30 to 40, maybe 50% of all steel manufacturing for the German war effort was tanks, ships, Was that airplanes. named to the forest? Because the Rhine forest is like... Rhine... That's, that's like a region, right? Yeah, they were, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, But there were factories across Germany yeah, the Rhine, under yeah, that same company. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so those... And Telefunken was a major telecommunications manufacturer. So yeah. if you wanted to set up a whole communications sector of the Soviet Union, which was mostly separated by nothingness, you remember, that's the fucking way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Henschel, of course, made tanks, but they also made cars. So they were auto manufacturers. These were also big people because the Soviets, remember, were land-based within the war in Europe. They didn't have an ocean to separate them like Britain right, did yeah. and like America. These guys, their factories were fucked. Their farms were fucked. Everything was needed to start from almost square one. Okay, so... We come here to almost the end. The end of paperclip controversy and intro- investigations. Almost, I almost said what introversy. What is that accent you're doing? I don't even... I don't know. I, don't I had a stroke. That. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. Now, it should be considered obvious to anybody with a functioning brain that repatriating ex-Nazi war criminals into the most powerful democracy on Earth at this point is completely ludicrous. Oh, you think? <laughs> However, this decision to overlook the nefarious backgrounds of these, cold, of these scientists comes from that good old Cold War staple. What is that, Lucas? Uh, skepticism. <laughs> Close. Fear. Fear communism. Yeah. Fear of communism. The idea that basically we don't want the Russians getting it because the Russians if will use it. If we don't do this, if we don't come up with all this shit, the Russians are going to get an upper hand and they probably already are, so. Yeah, exactly. Now, it do- this doesn't, it should be said, mean that absolutely everyone in the countries that participated in Paperclip, i.e. America, the U.S., I don't think the French, or the U.K., the French, I don't think, wanted anything to do with this. Well, because the aware... French were basically pseudo-Nazi government for the last exactly. hundred years. Yeah, for a little bit. Weren't aware and opposed to the idea of bringing recently freed war criminals to the into the biggest Western democracy. Wasn't a fucking top-notch idea. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Remember, there's quite a lot of people here who lost family members there's in the a fucking concentration camps. They call this camps. shit Operation Overcast and not exactly. Operation fucking Sunny Day. It's like Operation, <laughs> what the fuck is that over there? It's like yeah. that. Operation, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's nothing. I'll tell you, my friend, <laughs> from the top, they answered this. From the top, before the program's formal approval, Truman expressed how lukewarm he was about the idea. Truman was approached, obviously, for FDR had died at this point. Yeah. And Truman said, I don't know if I want to do that. I became Ross Perot for a minute. <laughs> Later, in an interview in 1963, <laughs> Sorry, Ross I want to make it better, give me a sign, I want a sign. Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> I'm what. sorry. Now, do you think Truman held up that oh, he was reluctant fuck. but did it for the best of the nation? Nah. Hey, you're fucking wrong, my friend. In an interview in 1963, Truman rickrolled that bitch right back. <laughs> he said that he was not at all reluctant about approving Operation Paperclip for what was almost 16 fucking months. <laughs> he thought on it for 16 months. I would. 
I would. I probably would need some fucking time too. But of course, he he did say that it would have been for the betterment of the country, which most people back in the I day mean, were the like, "That kind of makes sense." The thing is, he was kind of fucking right. All the shit that we got from these people kind of proves him right. Exactly. I'm not saying it was morally a good decision, but if you look at his. Ah, yeah, I know. God, it hurts. So outside the White House, Operation Paperclip's cover had been blown almost immediately. News of Nazi scientists being given color cover by Allied authorities came out first in an article in the New York Times in 1946. I they figured this shit out in 1946. It was it was a fu- they interviewed the fucking scientists in 46 too. <laughs> so you're telling me when Werner von Braun was on those Disney programs, people knew. They gave it a spin. That's the thing. I think most people thought, by the love of democracy, he came here to help us win against. Yeah, the Soviets. he just he believed so much in the patriotism that he just needed to come and fucking support I us. I love you, Ronald Reagan, the fucking idiot. <laughs> well, the fact is, Werner von Braun so loved America that he gave up his only begotten uh, fucking Werner von Nazi Braun bullshit. Once, look, in the same fucking article I read, Werner von Braun told the guy who interviewed him, not the same person, but somebody else they put on the same page, that they had a missile that could reach the United States. <laughs> he loved America just a fucking much. He loved America so much he wanted to burn it. <laughs> yeah, it set fire to New York City, which frankly, it does deserve maybe a good dousing every once in a while just to get the fucking and scum off the no, street. Nope, 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 nope. I don't mean don't. people. I'm just talking like... It's 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 the streets are dirty, and sometimes you have to burn the rats out of the street. They have a whole okay, okay. problem. Because that was... You, you run some thin ice there, buddy. <laughs> you, mean like, you mean like what's-his-face's um, great-uncle or whoever we know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's going to be used against us. Oh, we didn't say any names. So, I didn't say yeah. any names. No, I'm talking about what I just said. Oh, yeah, probably. Nah, Fucking, if, if the Nazis did it, I would say no. But the to Soviets be clear, did it. anything that I've said about how much this helped America, by the way, does not mean that I... Yeah, I think this that's was not thing. This was not a good program, oh, nor should it have been done. Yeah. Well, specifically in this article written by Frederick Graham, outlined precisely about the United States government's active recruiting campaign. Additionally, Graham's act, er, article mentions fully that some scientists were members of the Nazi party, while others were victims at the hands of the Nazis, working together in the same team. They still worked for the Nazis either way! Exactly. It's such a weird fucking sentence to hear. It's such a, it's like escapism. Like, I don't really care what one it is. They still fucking work for the Nazis. Also included in Graham's article was a mention about how some candidates had been returned home because they were deemed... <laughs> deemed what, Jake? Oh, God. Problematic. Oh, so you're telling me... Yes. ...that if you get a bunch of Nazi fucks, some of them might still believe in the Nazi bullshit... They were paddling for the past half many years. And then you- You're going to be upset in a minute who I talk about, because one of them is just that person. That some candidates have been returned to Germany does give the reader a warm, fuzzy feeling that the U.S. military slash government was picking the right people for this betterment of the nation. That's sarcasm, if you can't pick that up. In some ways, this, this was true, but not the entire story, because they were sending people back to be tried. Some. Some. <laughs> Yeah, they were sending some people back to be tried, but I have a feeling if you were important enough to the task we were trying to get done, they just might forget to send you. <laughs> of the hundreds of Nazi scientists includes, included in the rosters of Operation Paperclip, several scientists would be the focus of specific investigations of her involvement in the final solution. That's basically the Holocaust. Yeah. Or in some other war crime. Well, because he... So the reason they call it... The only reason why I do it with disdain is it's 
there's so many war crimes. The reason they call it the of. final solution is because in a like memoir letter at some point, Hitler, I think it was in as early as like forty one. Yeah, he stated that in like document, and then people because the Nazis in their documentation, well, they, their documents they did not specifically say. We are going to murder tons of Nazis. Here's how. At least not, not in the beginning. They're not going to murder a ton of Nazis. You I mean, they didn't say we're not going to. We're going to murder a bunch of Jews. Here's how. They didn't say that in their documentation. They just talked about that when they met up because they were smart enough to realize we should not put that in documents. But they, they would. Realized, but, but they would. Yeah. They would code it with shit like the final solution to the Jewish problem. If you're if you're big on like Unit Seven Thirty One history, it's kind of the same idea when they said like logs when they're yeah. talking about people. And yeah, they're, like they're experimenting on people with like biological warfare. They're saying, and by like, the way, the Nazis did a bunch of experiments on oh people and shit God, too. They so absolutely yeah, absolutely did. It's it's it is blood curdling. By the way, <clears throat> I'm not saying I subscribe to everything when people talk about MK Ultra, but the Americans did a lot of fucked up shit after World War II with Nazi scientists and experimenting on mental sides of things as well. Well, that's why I said, because they, under the under, they were under the impression that the Soviets had made a breakthrough in it, even though yeah. the Soviets had done no such thing. So we did a bunch of fucked up shit with people in their minds as well. And so it, it makes me wonder, by the way, how much of this, once we pulled this many Nazis in, if it was the tail wagging the fucking dog, where they were telling us, oh, we've heard that the Soviets have found us how to bend spoons with oh, the brain. Oh, of course they fucking and were. And Truman's like, Jesus Christ, they're going to bend all of my golf statues. These people <laughs> were manipulative. They're fucking Nazis. Exactly, and that's the problem we have, that these people were in fucking government positions. That's what's scary. Positions of power with saying things. So, uh, just, uh, Lucas is fucking just going to just bang his head against the wall in a minute. Of the hundreds of Nazi scientists included in... Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I, yeah, I reread it. My right, bad, yeah. One such scientist was Georg Ricke. All right, Georg. Ricke. Fantastic. Oh, what, man. These what? are the ones that went back. Okay. These are not the ones that were stuck in our fucking roster. The only paperclip scientist to be formally tried in a crim- for criminal conduct was investigated for his role in the Dachau concentration camp and his close association with the SS and Gestapo and for allegedly being witness to executions and knowing about it. Sounds about right. They sent his ass back to uh, Europe. He was acquitted. He was acquitted? German fucking court. Or by maybe it's a U.S. court, but it was in Germany. He Why? got acquitted. Why? I, insufficient evidence. I know, but that's I, the for, thing. For what? Because they probably burned everything. But we know he did those things. He admitted well, to again, it. How is that not good enough? It's allegations. Well, allegations. My ass. He definitely did. I know. It, but anyway. In 1951, ex-Brigadier General of the Wehrmacht Medical Service, Walter Schreiber, was linked to involvement in human experiments under Deputy Reich Health Leader Kurt Blom at the Ravensbrück concentration camp. That one's a nasty fucking spot, too. That's yeah. an all-women concentration yep. camp. Schreiber would later immigrate to Argentina with U.S. aid. Why would we help him? You went to the most... My God, I'm going to fucking punch the mic, I swear. Don't, don't punch the mic. He went to the most stereotypical place that a Nazi could go. Where could you go? Anywhere you could go. So, but you why could did... go anywhere. I want to go to Canada. You could go to Canada. You could go anywhere. Mexico. Fuck it. No, I'm gonna go to Argentina. Why didn't we let this motherfucker fuck off it with his own money? I don't know. Why did we feel the need to help know, him? Man, I don't know. And you'll find out why he had it has a really fucking heinous contribution to bonding society. And the final one that we know of, at least, because I remember most of this documentation is tightly sealed. Rocket engineer Arthur Rudolph was implicated in documents and that was in 1984, about his involvement in the use of forced labor in construction of the V two rockets at Middlework. 
In addition, Rudolph was considered an ardent Nazi who subscribed to racial superiority theory. In the end, fearing for the safety of his relatives in the paperclip program, he re-emigrated to West Germany, where he would be constantly defended by Holocaust deniers. Ah. Ah. Although it doesn't make it sound like he wanted that. It sounds like these people just jumped in and said, we'll defend you, and like, no. Here's something that we have yet to parse. People need to understand that in America at this time period, there were plenty of people who did not necessarily disagree with the Nazis' racial policies. We had a Nazi party in here. We had the Silver Shirts. Right. Until and about the war. You have to realize that before the World Charles War... Charles Lindbergh was a fucking Nazi. Yeah, and before World War II, they literally held a massive Nazi rally at Madison Square Garden. Garden. So, like, yes, this is all fucked up. This is all really fucked. But like, we cannot we are think... not the we, beacon we, of whatever. We are not the beacon of freedom in all regards that some people think that we are. It's especially with the people making these decisions, because clearly... They weren't just forgetting about all this Nazi shit. So they were either saying that, you know what, because of their technological shit, this is okay, and they can contribute. Or they're saying, you know what, it's not even that big of a deal. And I would venture a guess that there is more people in those positions, you know, for these high-ranking things that were saying, you know what, the Nazis... Did not do great things. Fine, I'll accept that. What do you mean, like, no? Oh, no, you're saying that as I'm saying that... Okay, whoa. I'm not saying Holy that shit. as me saying it. Okay, I'm saying God. that whoa. these racist people in positions of power might be saying things like, the Nazis didn't do that bad of... Uh, the racial thing's not great, but, but like... Remember, we're talking... To you know, the science, people. I believe in. The shit they could be saying. Remember, we in Germany, within the realm of, like, the racial theory... To be clear, shit. once again, yeah. I'm not exposing, espousing those beliefs... Not. I'm just saying there are people in our government that I guarantee you had those thoughts. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So, what, in that regard to, I mean, obviously, if you've taken U.S. history, you'll know that we basically initiated the study of eugenics in this country. We did. And it's an the American thing. Yeah, it's an American he, thing. And, and Hitler was like, well, I really like what you guys are doing with eugenics. Maybe we should do some of that shit here. And yeah. he picked it up from things that we developed. And he did it on a fucking industrial scale, which is terrifying. He did what America did not do. And, but, yeah. And here's the thing with that. Is it, too, we're still talking about a country that even though we beat the Nazis, we beat fascism, we still are separating we races not... at home. Here's a hot take for you. Yeah. I don't think we defeated fascism. No, we did not defeat We fascism. defeated the Nazis. Yeah. We did not stop defeat fascism. fascism. Sorry, I should state that we didn't stop fascism. That's a fair point. There are plenty of people that harbor fascist tendencies, even in, in politics in America today. Oh, God, yeah. We had and a president so that was a now. fascist himself. And, uh, yeah. And the previous president was a fascist. Even people that are in Congress now, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or people Lauren like Warren Bulbert, those are people that harbor openly fascist Just, beliefs on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, under the auspices of freedom and whatever. Correct, yeah. Freedom's so stupid. So, it, well, and you have people, that, you know, the Stop the Steel rallies, the January 6th thing, like, all of that is fascist tendencies. Yeah, it's violent fascism. It's, well, it, yeah, it could, led by idiots, the, uh, but it's still fascism. The concept of fascism really is like uh, <laughs> an intense component of uh, what nationalism. Yeah, and here's what people need to understand, and I fucking hate this. I've went through this before already. You know, there are differences between patriotism and nationalism, and it's important to understand that nationalism is my country is the greatest ever. And can never do anything wrong. Yeah, which no is matter what we do. That is what you call it. nationalism. Patriotism is, I love my country, but I can accept that some shit is fucked up. And there's things that we need to work on to be a better country. 
And it, I, I just blows my mind when people say shit that's bad about America, and then they accuse people of being unpatriotic because they're trying to point out things to make the country better. No, what that is is an anti-nationalist stance, and I will never be nationalist because it's stupid. And you had a fight with your aunt again, didn't you? No, I, I haven't had a fight with any family members. It's just the people that fucking believe in QAnon and shit oh, and all that other fucking bullshit. Well, see, my big thing but with this is like the way that I don't I, even fight my aunts. I tend to agree with actually for the most oh, part. Good, I've good. got good Thank aunts. God. But your aunt's a wonderful person. Um, yeah, she is. But just to give you some context, the way that I see nationalism is like if you can sum yourself up with a bumper sticker as to your viewpoint of your country, you're probably a nationalist. And I don't mean that in a yeah. mean way. I mean, like, if you've ever seen, well, like, the, you know, you know, stop the steal, take America back sort of shit, it's a simplistic way of looking at it because people don't need to put a lot of thinking into the, the theories they're in. You can just say, oh, it sounds good to me. You know, and that's where you kind of have to be like, oh, Black and white thinking will destroy this country if that's what we turn to. We're already um, there. If it's either, um, it's when the civil war starts. The, there has civil to there has to be gray for people for things to work properly, right? Yeah. Like, and I I truly believe that. You know, I tend to be on the left hand side of things, and I vote Democratic. But and on the I do think that there are conservative policies that yield some positive results potentially, but. You know, I mean, at this point, the Republican Party and the Conservative Party is, have gone so far right and gone so far into, like, fi- you know, fascism and you know, things like that that I, I would never consider voting for a conservative yeah. candidate. I can't do it because... Well, and this is sort of where I'm at, too. Within, And this is our side tangent, I understand. Yeah, we'll get but, back on our, our topic in a minute. But one The point is, this is all relevant, though, because this yeah, is all things that people... Because this all stems from, you know, what are you willing to justify right, or what are you willing to rationalize? You, I mean, remember, we're bringing Nazis into a country yeah. where originally they had been our enemies no more than a year ago. Now we're saying, like, these guys are bringing us to the moon. It's like, well, that's cool and all, but that's not how we should be viewing this. And, and even from a modern-day standpoint, if you want to take this to – I didn't mean to, to stop you from the other point you are going to no, take, no, but yeah. is it worth – Cell phones and internet and stuff like that. God, is, no. is is it worth getting there faster? Th- faster? No. Like, was it worth like the ten years? Maybe it would have taken us to get to this faster. You yeah. know, because ultimately we probably would have come up with this shit eventually. Um, Problem was, it was money. we just we got there faster. We saved twenty billion dollars on this thing. Is it was it worth By it? Employing them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, would. I still say I, I say no because personally, you know, I I just am someone who would not be able to rationalize that right in my mind for me to say that that was a good thing we did. You yeah. know, but. Well, and, and um, that's the thing, too, with this is, like, looking at how it ends up with, like, the just the Nazis in general is the fact that as we see this, we as a country have collectively done it. But in the time when it should have been the freshest in the minds when people were seeing the concentration camps and then it came out, obviously people were infuriated. We're not saying that America as a whole accepted it. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that in general, too, you started also that feeling of being like, okay, well, we really shouldn't be shielding these people. Also, came up against this trust in the government that hadn't quite completely been broken yet because of the Vietnam War. Well, yeah, and, and so Watergate and things like that. People, out, yeah. people believed, and they didn't know about what the CIA was doing or what other government agencies were doing. They didn't know those things. Exactly. So, but that's the thing. It's like it's even harder for me to kind of believe that because within it, it's like looking at paperclip and how it goes you knew this we it was in the new york times that we knew about this in 46 like 
this was known, and it's weird because the government almost kind of said like they didn't really hide it. I think well, obviously you didn't have the CIA yet working on that right. portion of it. But I mean, where they started looking at how can we hide it. But that's the thing. It's just like as a country's concern. I mean, obviously people in the United States were hunting these people down. There is a a television show. I think it's called The Hunters, which is literally includes it talks about this. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really cool website. I'll have to uh, well, send yeah. it to you. But yeah. It's... Well, and there was uh, you know just the other day I saw a news story about like an old man who was getting chided for his crimes. I uh, was living in America that they just found had like last concentration camp. Yeah, inmate. yeah. Or not inmate, but um, guard. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like one of the last Nazi war criminals in the U.S. as far as we know. Yeah. So well, I mean that we can try. Yeah, but like uh, so you know I mean this stuff still comes up. Um, of course. And. It, this isn't, you know, this is one case of it, but this isn't just isolated to this specific situation. Yeah. Um, there are many other cases out there that we know of and we don't know of, even, I'm sure. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, and I, I say this and I'm half joking, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be shocked if the U.S. raided, like, the Taliban and found, like, some people that were doing some innovative no, they things. Do. They still and do. were like, hey, you know, why don't you come work for us? Do you know that there's, that's the reason why there hasn't been an end to Operation Paperclip. It still goes on. Yeah. It's just in different forms. But again, it's well, it, it's but, looking at the necessary of two evils. And this and it's is hard to... And yeah, and this is a hard topic and it's fucked up. But that's why I kind of... When we started the Space Race thing, I said, you know, let's not do just like the um, patriotic boner of a Space Race series and just talk about how we got to the moon. Let's get really into the nitty gritty and yeah. talk about how we get we, how we got there. You know? We need to discuss everything yeah. and talk about all the Nazis that we took up, you know, and because this is important. I mean, it, history is not black and white. If anything in this podcast is goofy shit that Jake and I talk about. Like, if all anything, the wall shit that we shouldn't if, say. Yeah, it, that we love. say. But if anything, we want to just drive home. And the, that's the reason that these podcast episodes end up being so long sometimes is we want you to understand there's gray in every fucking thing. Nothing is not black pretty. and white. It's Nothing is black pretty. and white. And it's never pretty. Um, so we're gonna end off on this for Lucas's sake. On we're gonna go through a few names, a few names of people that while we did send some people back, including a couple of people on this specific list that I just mentioned, I'm gonna indicate to you just what some of these people who were pulled into it were convicted of. These are the fucking war criminals. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. So we're starting with Major General Walter Schreiber. We talked about him. Yep. He was involved in the introduction of an intravenous lethal phenol injections. Oh, so just fucking, like, liquid death in people's, like, yeah, just inject this and they're dead sort of thing? He was used, quote, as a quick and convenient means of executing troublemakers. Oh. Now, you want to know what we did with that? Uh, lethal injection? Yeah. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Convenient means, yep. And that is where his kind of comes in. We did send him back. And by the way... Lethal injection? Awful. Awful, it's awful way to kill way to somebody. Go. It's not a good way to go. And it's been fucked up so many times that you'd think we would just completely stop doing it. By the it, way, but I will sit, then we'll put these pictures online. This yeah. is Kurt Blum. He does <laughs> not look like a... Stereotypical Nazi. <laughs> does not look like his name would just, like... Kurt Blum, you just imagine kind of like just like an average dude. That guy looks fucking scary. Yeah. Do you want to know what Kurt Blum was known for? What? He was Hitler's biological weapons maker. 
Dr. Surgeon General of the Third Reich, he had com nearly completed a bubonic plague weapon when the Red Army captured his research institute in Poland. You're fucking kidding I'm me. I'm not joking. So this motherfucker <clears throat> was literally trying to come up with a modern black plague <clears throat> to just throw out Him there? Him and Unit 731, they, the Japanese and the Germans traded a lot of information. The Japanese probably started it and the Germans picked up on it. I mean, be, you just think about what that would have done. Like, would have these fuckers are super villains, and that is the scariest part about this: is how close we were to annihilation with well, these people. and that's okay, and that's the frustrating part, right? Because these people were so close to actually doing the things that they set out to do, and, and that's the fucked up part. But that's also the part where it's like, if these people were so close to getting there, why the fuck are we even taking the chance of like trying to like take them? In and, and remember, it goes back to that same thing. Will the Russians get it? What happens if the Russians get it? The Russians will use it. We need to have that information. Yeah, and, and that Again, goes back it's, to it's the Cold War fear bullshit. We what-ifed ourselves into a situation that is we morally what, apprehensible. And, and that's a perfect example of how you, yourself, in your personal life, can what-if yourself into a bunch of sketchy shit if yeah. you really want. Like, you know what I mean? And not yeah. saying, like, you is... Like, it's it, paranoia. It's, paranoia yeah. drives you to do debaucherous shit because you're afraid of the outcome if you don't do it. Exactly. So the next one up is Eric Traub. He's a virologist, microbiologist, and doctor of veterinary medicine. Oh, God. This fucker, <laughs> this fucker weaponized rinder pests. Cattle plague at the request of Heinrich Himmler, traveling to Turkey to acquire a black market sample of the virus during the war. Uh, he okay. was picked up by the Naval Research Institute in Maryland. <laughs> We just came out of a fucking pandemic, and all this shit is, like, some, somehow 7,000 times worse because of what we just went through. To think that these motherfuckers were just like, yeah, we're gonna go to sample of this disease, and we'll... And the thing is, like, it might not have even worked the way they, they would have thought. Because, like, what kind of contingency plan did they have for after they actually unleashed some of this shit? Basically, like, it was taking everybody down with them. Everybody, though! If we even can't them. Have it, no one... Yeah, it didn't matter. Unless you were thinking, like, the, the leadership would just hide in the bunkers until it was Well, even the fucking bubonic plague! Exactly. You can't control that shit! Did you not fucking, like, pay any attention? Remember, it's to, on like, the orders the of a bunch of mad people, though. And that's the... I'm not, I'm not cutting you off. I'm I just, desperately agree with you. It's the dumbest plan I've ever heard. Like, it just doesn't... Like, you can't weaponize disease. No, we can't. Next like, up is... Oh, COVID right. should be a perfect example of that. No, you can't. And you can't just will it away with fucking prayer, either. No, you can't. So. Major General Walter Dornberger, that's a funny na last name for this fucking guy, was in charge of the V-weapons development for the Reich, arrested by the British and held for nearly two years so on the war crimes. the V-weapons, that's like the V-1 and the V-2. V-2. Right? Yeah. Were nearly two years on war crimes charges, Dornberger was released into U.S. custody with the warning that he was, quote, a menace of the First Order. He was employed by the Army Air Force. This guy's awful. You this really guy's couldn't. got the dumbest fucking hair. This is Adolf, or Albert Rudolph, by the way. Oh, God. This is the fucking Nazi dude that looks like Bozo the Clown. He's, He's fucking, fucking His asshole. hair is spinning so bad in the top. He just... Uh, we should have put a fucking red nose on him and just fucking he sent him back. He looks like the scariest clown that's also going to be talking Paint about. Paint his like, nose red and send him back to fucking yeah, Germany. Well, anyway. Arthur Rudolph specialized in V-Weapons Assembly, served as operations director at the Slave Labor Facility in Nordhausen. In America, he became known as the father of the Saturn rocket. Oh, God. The father of the Saturn rocket, the huh? The one that took us to the moon. Uh, Andy, this is his direct quote. I read Mein Kampf and agreed with a lot of the things in it. End quote. Rudolph told journalist John Huber in 1985. <laughs> quote. Hitler's first six years until the war started were really marvelous. End quote. U.S. Army in Texas. 
Ah, okay. Okay, anyway, I'm going past... Uh, Georg Ricky, we know. Oh, my God. Georg Ricky oversaw tunnel operations for Hitler's Führer bunker headquarters in Berlin. <laughs> he also, ah, so he created the fucking bunker, huh? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Damn. Oh, All right, me, next man. one up. Next, next one, huh? Okay. K.H. Debus. Debus, <laughs> huh? such a stupid last name. K.H. Debus. Kurt Debus was a V-Weapons engineer who oversaw <laughs> mobile rocket launchers. The launches, rather, as well as those at the Pinamunda. An ardent Nazi, he wore the SS uniform in work. Wait, wait, and no, 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 no. Stop. You say we fucking employed this man and he just walked around in an SS uniform in America? No, 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 during the time okay, he worked for the Nazis, okay, but okay. still. <laughs> I was like... Okay, where's the line here, oh, man? Because I believe pretty much anything at this point. You're going to get so mad at this one. An ardent not... Or, I'm sorry. In America, Debus became the first director of NASA's John F. Kennedy Space Center in Florida. No, no. Put Florida on the fucking map. All right, let me go back to the map. Paperclip contract, U.S. Army, Texas. This is in the National Archives, by the way. All of these are from the National Archives. Oh, so you're reading from the National Archives, archives huh? Yeah. I will say that at least most of this shit is this staying below the Mason. This man looks like a fucking maniac. Oh my, holy shit. At least most of this stuff is staying behind the, below the Mason-Dixon line, I guess. But, you know. Oh, thank God, I think. Fucking hell. Otto Ambrose <laughs> was Hitler's most valuable chemist. Coke's discoverer of sarin gas. Oh, oh the God. The A in sarin So sarin, the, literally, literally the gas that, the gas that, that they, they used to kill all the Jews in the, in the showers. Oh, the Zyklon B, they killed the Jews. You know what oh. they used sarin for? What in the that? fucking Tokyo subway attack in the 1990s. Oh, yeah, Amshinmikia. Oh, yeah. Um, the chief of the Reich Sea Committee for Chemical Warfare, the U.S. Army co- coveted his knowledge, tried at Nuremberg, Ambrose was convicted of mass murder and slavery, then granted clemency by High Commissioner John McCloy. Clemency for fucking what? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my lord, all these people are fucking... This guy looks like girls... Goebbels. Jesus Christ. God damn. Friedrich Fritz Hoffmann was a chemist and philosopher. Captured by Allied forces, he carried a paper signed by a U.S. diplomat stating that he was an anti-Nazi. In America, Hoffman synthesized Nazi, Nazi nerve gas stockpiles and worked in the CIA's assassination by poison program. Not surprised about that one, actually. Um, so he, you know, the funny thing is, he might have tried, been on, like on those. Uh, we talked about fucking killing uh, Castro. Killing Castro. He's probably one of the people in that fucking room. Yeah, probably. Jürgen von Klink. Oh, that he was just. Like, oh you, my god! You, you know what we can do? We can get him to take this poison pill, and Castro will be uh, no longer right. I mean, yeah, American no, problem. I know about that. No, I no, mean, no, American no. problem. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you somebody. I just I think that is just the most humdinger idea ever. But I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna put a fucking hand grenade on a turtle, and we're gonna launch it into his room. How's that gonna work? It didn't work. You know. Fuck. You know, Hitler. <laughs> would, Hitler thing. would listen to me when I talk, and uh, it gets. Oh, me I know, little. Lucas. You're 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 really just. I was trying to be that guy. <laughs> Again, I'm not <laughs> emphasizing. I don't believe in this shit. Let's just get to fucking Jurgen here. It was a chemist. I was doing a character impression. I hate oh. the fucking Nazis forever. Well, God, it was a chemist, an SS officer, and deputy chief of the Sea Committee for Chemical Warfare. Surprised by how much information von Klick provided, his interrogators concluded that quote that a lesser secret had been admitted to deflect the investigation from a more important secret. This is how much this man knew. So basically, what you're telling me is that. Uh, he knew a bunch of shit, but he didn't... Uh, he knew uh, an awful lot. No, he knew, but they thought he was bullshitting them. That's how much he knew. Dr. Herbertus Strunghold, 
God damn it. I'm going to laugh at That's fucking stupid. Was in charge of the Aviation Medical... Oh, God, I know what this one is. Uh, Medical Research Institution Institute of the Reich Air Ministry in Berlin. Despite being sought for war crimes, he was hired by the U.S. Army Air Forces and became America's father of space medicine. He went to great lengths to whitewash a dubious past. Quote, only the janitor and the man who took care of the animals were members of the Nazi party, he told a journalist in 1961, referring to his institute, which was filed with hard, was filled with hardcore Nazis. U.S. Army Air Force. Oh, my God. But he created, basically, he worked on, like, the spacesuit. That's what they did. Okay, well. Oh, God. Dr. Theodore Benzinger. Directed the experimental station at the Air Force Research Center, Recklin, under Hermann Goering, and was an officer of the SA. He was a stormtrooper. Great. He's another fucking scum. He's a scum fuck. While working with the U.S. Army in Heidelberg, Benzinger was arrested in prison at Nuremberg and listed as one of the defendants under doctor's trial. Shortly thereafter, he was mysteriously released. Oh, sure he was. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Right. How many more of these fuckers do we have? One more line. All right. Yep, 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 yep. Dr. Conrad Schaefer. <laughs> Looks like his wife was fucking Jesus with somebody else. Christ. Nice haircut, asshole. How much of a beta male could you be? Fucking, he was a physiologist and chemist who developed a wartime process to separate salt from seawater in sea emergencies. Medical experiments at the Dachau concentration... Of course, it was fucking Dachau. Mm. The Dachau concentration camp were based on the Schaefer process. He was tried at Nuremberg and acquitted. Oh, my God. Desalinization comes from this man. The idea of turning seawater into freshwater comes from Nazis. Yeah. This man just not even looking at the fucking camera. God, what a fucking dickhead. You know, you know what he was thinking one day? He's like, you know, maybe if I took my Nazi past, I just made it American. What if we could do that to water? But, you know, it's like the Nazis and it's like the salt, right? So if we just fucking it take the salt. the salt. to ingest it in our- <laughs> God damn the most insane, man. Dr. Hermann Becker Freising was an aviation physiologist who worked under Dr. Stronghold in Berlin and who oversaw medical experiments on prisoners at Dachau. He was tried and convicted at Nuremberg, then contributed to Stronghold's U.S. Army work from his prison cell, which makes me think that they didn't hang him, but they definitely fucking kept him alive. Dr. Siegfried Ruf directed the Aero Medical Division of the German Experimental Station for Aviation Medicine in Berlin, and was a close colleague and co-author of Dr. Stronghold at Dachau. Ruf supervised medical murder experiments, which is probably the fucking pressure chamber experiments. If you've ever seen that shit, that's something really We're not going into that shit. No, no, we're not. Siegfried Niemeyer was chief of German Air Force Technical Development under Hermann Goering. Hale is one of the Reich's top ten pilots. Albert Speer asked Niemeyer to pilot his escape to Greenland. Did he not? Yeah, Niemeyer did not do that. Or maybe he did. But that's what I was talking about. He was just like pilots, too. Just people that they pulled who were experiment pilots. Um, oh god, there's one. It's not Lenny Riefenstahl. That's the fucking, um, director. That's the director. There is a female, um, aviator, it was a test pilot, that broke barriers as a Nazi Luftwaffe pilot. I don't know what happened to her. I'm pretty sure she remained in Europe, but I'd, I'd have to look into that one. Walter Riedel, a sad sack-looking motherfucker, was an engineer with the V-Weapons Design Bureau as part of the Von Braun rocket team. His army interrogated, interrogator classified him as, quote, an ardent Nazi, end quote, but after Riedel threatened his handler that he would go work for the Russians, he was hired and brought to America. <laughs> we got one more, buddy. All right, fucking all right. Emil Salmon. Emil Salmon. <laughs> He looks... He looks... God, he looks like a Chad. Like a mixture of a Chad into Frankenstein's monster. Holy shit. Aircraft engineer and SS officer implicated in the burning down of a synagogue during the war. Oh. His command is cognizant with Mr. Salman's Nazi activities... I'm oh, sorry, this is... Qu- quote, 
This command is cognizant when Mr. Selman's Nazi activities and certain allegations made by some of his association, associates in Europe, sorry, I'm talking for two full fucking hours, wrote the U.S. Army Air Forces, but they found Selman's expertise, quote, difficult, if not impossible, to duplicate, end quote. He's too fucking important for us to not grab him. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, after all that, I feel like I need to fucking take, like, seven showers. Um, Let's end it with this. This is just the facts as we have them. It is infuriating, yes. Unfortunately, we need to understand that this is how people do things. And it's not that we can't do anything about it. Are you trying to give us, like, one of those, uh... Hey, friends, we've all, hey, we've all learned, learned some shit today. Some shit today. Uh... I was trying to make it a salient point, you fucked it up. You want to go now? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, just, uh, again, I guess trying to reiterate, uh, what we were talking about before, you know, the world is not black and white. Everything has shades of gray. Um, I'm not saying that shit is all fucked up. Like, please, God, do not think that, uh... You know, everything has, like, an alternate angle. Because some things don't, you know? No, they don't. This is but, not some... You would be surprised just how many conspiracy websites I had to sort through to get the yeah. shit in this one. Do not, do not fall into conspiracy theory. We're not, if uh... If by chance one of the websites states the truth.org or .edu, yeah. and it looks like a GeoCities website, just to <laughs> clear that motherfucker. Yeah. I, had to, I was so sketched out by some of the websites. I did, like, I did like antivirus scans every time I'd go. And go to them. It's, it's like, like, what is this? Fuck, it's another one. It's like fucking doing, like, uh, research in the U.S. Civil War, and then half the sites you figure out is the South will rise again. Oh, my God, the fucking... <laughs> we had a railroad, the railroad one yep. that we did, where it's like, it's a war of northern aggression, but it's all about trains. Yeah, so, anyway, but... Uh, oh, God. Well, we appreciate uh, <laughs> you, you as a listener. If you've stuck through this whole episode, you are the legit shit. Um... And, uh, we and that's hope what we need a Patreon for, for the legit shits out there. We do. Um, we'll, you can join the Patreon if, and be a legit shit. If we do start a Patreon, um, which we are con- contemplating, um, we do need to see the the listener. Uh, you know, the listener. Well, we'll see how many of you want to show out there. If you guys do want a personal Patreon, we'll we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do that. Um, but we're not going to start it if it's not going to be used because that'd just be sad. We don't want to be one of those people out there. Um, but we do appreciate you guys. Um, we hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Space Race. Yes, this is just episode number one Don't of the worry, Space Race. Don't worry, we get race. to the Russians wasting human lives as well. We're already about two fucking hours in, and we are not even fucking close to landing on the moon. So, oh God, no. as you can imagine, this is going to be a heck of a series, um, a fun time, and it's probably going to be a lot like Watergate, where we're going to be just talking a lot and getting angry at this certain times. Put us and- on in the background. Be outraged at times. When you're Go painting. for a walk maybe while you're doing this so you're moving hug around. Hug your dog, for fuck's sake. Please yeah. hug your dog today. Hug a dog. Hug a dog, hang a Nazi. That's what I'd say. Preferably not a pit bull. You know, I but, had a pit bull. Uh, I had a pit bull. Not a random pit bull, I mean. Hold on, hug, don't hug any random dog without permission. Yeah, yeah, good All idea. Right, goodbye. Anyway, peace out.
Hello, and welcome to the Least Haunted Podcast, a place where science, skepticism, humor, and anthropology meet to discuss all things spooky, haunting, supernatural, and sometimes just the plain stupid. Join me, your host, Cody Franks, and your co-host, Garth Von Onen. That's me. Hi, everybody. As we journey all around the realms of the paranormal sciences to look with a critical and skeptical eye at various and sundry topics such as spontaneous human combustion, talking mongooses, various frozen hominids, St. Elmo's Fire, and the Mothman, and also an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation for some reason, and a couple scripted radio play holiday specials. So join us every other week for a fun and hopefully entertainingly informative dive into all manner of spooky and strange occurrences, people, places, and things. Nouns. Nouns. (laughs) The Least Haunted Podcast. Because the only thing that's haunted is is you. you.